Hey guys, brand new podcast, but more importantly, Fully Loaded is live everywhere. We have just started pre-sale for Lawrenceville, Georgia, but this is my festival. I am doing it at ballparks, um, arenas, and amphitheaters in one raceway. I have added Joey Diaz. I have not made it official uh, post on Instagram, but you are hearing it here. We have added Joey Diaz. We're just trying to figure out what dates work best for him. Dave Attell, Fortune Feimster, Nikki Glazer, Mark Normand, Big Jay Okerson, uh, Taylor Tomlinson, Sal Volcano, and we are adding names. We're adding names as we go. Uh, June 16th, we are in South Bend, Indiana. June 17th in Louisville, Kentucky. June 18th in Dayton, Ohio. June 19th in Rochester, New York. The 23rd of June, Greenville, South Carolina. Bristol, Tennessee on the 24th. Lawrenceville, Georgia, which is on pre-sale. Use the code LOADED at FullyLoadedFestival.com to get your tickets right now. It starts right now. Pre-sale's right now. And Brandon, Missouri, June 26th. Um, This is going to be a fucking blast. Uh, Outdoors, sunsets, uh, fucking great comedy. The best comics in the business. And we are adding more comics. We're adding a ton of comics. It's going to be a fucking... This is going to be the party of the summer. Okay? Get your tickets. Go to FullyLoadedFestival.com and get your tickets right now. They are selling pretty fast. So that's all you need to know about that. Pretty Boy Relapse Tour, Cinco de Mayo at the Greek, Nashville this next weekend. I'm in uh, at the Grand Old Opry on Wednesday night or Thursday night. That's going to be awesome. Uh, two shows at the Ryman. Uh, uh, I'm telling you, man, we're I'm, I'm burning it hard, but I'm taking some time off in July with the girls uh and 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 then in august getting georgia all settled for college so i'm burning it hard i'm gonna i'm gonna push make make hay while the sun shines speaking of hay my guest today is (laughs) fucking gorgeous (laughs) his name's matt rife he's a stand-up comic he was on wild and out and he's got a new special on uh on youtube called only fans he is awesome What's funny is I do remember I, I we talked about this. I think we glanced. he we talked about that. He toured with Ralphie back in the day. Mm-hmm. Um and 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 I remember that. I remember him I remember Ralphie talking about him. Um I I I first saw Matt on uh on Wild and Out. I was, you know, I'm a I'm fucking I know it sounds crazy, but I'm a big Wild and Out fan. For whatever fucking reason that show just makes me giggle. But I, I saw his new special on YouTube, and I and I thought it was fucking great. So I thought, hey man, let's get him on the podcast, promote it. We talk about he does these ghost adventures things with his buddies. They go and look at haunted houses. Um, we talk about everything. We we talk about some serious stuff too. But I think you're gonna love it, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Without further ado, my friend, stand up comedian Matt Rife. This is the So you're what, 20, 20 years in comedy? Me? Yeah. 20, I'm 20, when I started my 26th birthday, I'm 49, I am officially 23 years, 20, that, there's no fucking way. That's insane. 23 years in comedy. When do you feel like you finally like were happy where you were in the stage of your comedy career like you're happy at this level never there never no fuck that is Dude, uh terrifying because it because look like you think you made it like you do like the answer is never <laughs> the answer is fucking never i mean do you remember when you started and you were like if i could just get on tv oh yeah 
And then you get on TV and then you're like, if I could just get in a movie. Yeah. Or if I could just get on a good TV show. <laughs> oh, first of all, don't even fucking start. What? Wild Now's one of my favorite fucking shows ever. Dude, one of wow. my favorite shows ever. It's horrible. One of my favorite shows ever. It is the what? only place where racism is allowed to stay <laughs> alive. They are so brutal to the fucking Asian kid. Oh, the Tim? fucking shit yep. they say to him is so borderline, not even borderline, outright rich. And that kid is a solid fucking thick skin. Mm -hmm. I get it. We're busting balls. But you know, fucking say that. But like, I love Wild and Out. I love Wild and Out. I loved it. Okay. I, I, had, I had lunch with the producer maybe a month ago. We were just kind of catching up. I, I quit the show about three years ago. Yeah. And he and I just wanted to catch up on some things. And I was asking him how the show was going because they're on like their 20-something season. And he was telling me MTV is like definitely changing with the times. A lot of the stuff that they could obviously joke about before racially, Ugh. sexuality wise, religion wise, whatever it may be, like they're starting to make them pull back on that. They're even thinking about taking old episodes off that could offend. That now. could make sense. But, could, that's, but that's what crazy. I enjoyed about the show was that it was like the one place where it was like, I was like, censors are not watching yeah. this. Yeah. And you'd just be like, what the fuck? Absolutely. There's a clip that I always goes viral of me. We're playing this game called Hood Jeopardy. Where they just ask, you know, they, they give the answers. And one of them was like, this activity is exclusive to white people. And I was like, what is spending time with your dads? Like, that's, it's a solid <laughs> it's racial, a, racial joke. It's a good joke. Now they're like, by the way, statistics, statistically, 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 is, is that you can't deny the statistics in that of joke. Of course. And yeah. also, as someone who didn't have a dad, I, th I think I've earned the right a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Just a tad. But it's just not what it used to be, man. I grew up on the show when it was like, Kevin Hart, Cat Williams, D. Yeah. Ray Davis, Corey Holcomb, like just massive hitters. And then when I got on was really the first year they started bringing on like YouTubers and influencers and stuff like that. People just because they had a following that weren't necessarily funny. Uh, they brought all. on uh girl, the girl that uh, that um, DC Young Fly made cry. Izzy Azalea. Iggy Azalea, Iggy, yeah, Iggy Azalea. dude, yes, dude. Uh, and it, by the way, I didn't really understand it. Like, I didn't get it. I don't. Did. I don't know enough about certain things. Like, I, I love the '85 South guys, mm -hmm. and so I don't understand certain things. Like, culturally, I, I don't really know who Iggy Azalea is. I don't really. Was it? Oh no, was it Iggy Azalea or Azalea Banks? Azalea Banks. Azalea, 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 Azalea Banks. Banks. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I don't really know who she is or what she does either. But people were excited for her to come to the show, and I guess. Maybe someone had told her, like, you're going to be safe. No one's really going to go at you for any personal stuff. Yeah. But anybody who goes on the show knows, like, that's prime territory. Yeah, like, yeah, we yeah. we want to hurt you a little bit. Yeah, I like, I kind of, I'll tell you what I, see, I see the show in a different way. I see from a production standpoint, mm -hmm. I love people. I I, 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 I I don't know if you're allowed to say that you can admire Nick Cannon if you're a white guy because you got to be on the side of Eminem and like all these weird things but like I admire Nick Cannon I admire what he's done with that show I admire mm -hmm. that he's taken it yeah, I think he's moved it to Atlanta he's skinnied it up yeah. he's, he's gone I mean from my perspective it looks like he has reached out to the network and said let's find a bottom line that you are comfortable with mm -hmm. that I can afford making this show yeah and we can all stay on television and help I mean I, I respect that that kind of shit to me is like is really cool and i think it's the reason i got into the show i got into mm. the show because i'm into hip-hop <laughs> and so and i got into it when you were talking about that was when i first got into it of course but uh well the show also used to be comedians who could like rap a little bit on the side yeah now it's kind of moved to like influencers who are like musically oriented 
who are kind of funny. So that way, I, I think it's kind of lost its way a little bit there. But I mean, I have no complaints. Like it was, yeah. a, it was such a great launching platform for oh, me. It's I, great. It's great. I was it's, eighteen when I got on. Like it's it was so perfect. great. It's so great for you to cut your teeth in mm-hmm. because it sets you up for late night talk shows. You're, of course, you know how to be in. The, you know how to be on your toes. Mm-hmm. It sets you up for uh, going on to a game show, doing yeah. anything that is what well, now is. It's it's weird because now it's more celebrity based. Mm-hmm. Where uh, I like. Like uh, celebrity game shows, and it's like, yeah, Jane something from something, and the guy from the office, and they're mm-hmm. and maybe they were improv people, yeah, I guess. But that show looked like for me, I went, I would have loved the energy of it, I would love to be on it, mm-hmm. just the fun of the moment. I'm why, sure I would have done it. Why trouble. don't you go on it? I don't think it's a good move for me now. Dude, I think, oh, well, first of all, it's far below you. Yeah, but no, if you wanted to do it for fun, I would you do, would, I would crush it, I wanted, dude. Tom and I wanted to do it together, and we wanted to go against each other. That would be so funny. It's not our fan bases, and we are comics, and uh-huh. I know some of those guys, and mm-hmm. I would bust balls, mm-hmm. and I'm certain that the jokes I would make are age-wise <laughs> they wouldn't get, and they'd be like, what? What are you trying to say? Is that racist? No, You'd be like, you... I don't know. I don't want to. But you don't even want to roll the dice these days. Like, there's no even. I understand. There's, there's no benefit to roll the dice. Like, none of those. None of the people that are watching Wild and Out are going to buy a ticket to see me at the fucking Greek May fifth. Yeah, know? probably not. It's a shameless plug, by the yeah, way. Yeah, you like that? <laughs> yeah, smooth transition. <laughs> That's all. We're shooting a promo with the as, Greek tomorrow. As the guest, though, you kind of have free range. I. I enjoyed it like my first couple of years, but it got to a point where I I had to leave because everyone kept saying, and this is, I mean, no disrespect, he's my boy, but everyone kept being like, oh, you're going to be like the next Gary Owen. And I was like, that's not yeah. the pigeonhole that I want to be stuck in. You it's know not, what I mean? By the way, I would argue, and I'm friends with Gary as well, I would argue it's not a pigeonhole. It's a career It's a career path and that's what he enjoys and that's you know very true and, very and true. But, but I know what you're saying. Is I like that being universal. You don't you know? want to be, you don't want to be that guy like someone's so i know i know that feeling because i've i think i've been pigeonholed four or five times and i've even pigeonholed myself in certain ways but i i think sometimes if you're oblivious to the pigeonhole Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden people are like wait how the fuck are you making a movie and you're like right like i'm i don't subscribe to the rules you do do you find yourself ever like having your pride get in the way of like things you want to do versus what could make you a lot of money. But you're like, that's just, that wouldn't make me happy. No, uh, n- no, I, I, no, no, no. But I understand what you're saying. My thing is different. I have a, I'm, I'm a, acutely aware of leveraging my fans income mm-hmm. towards my needs. Meaning I get approached a lot about, uh, hey man, do you want to do this uh, this deal or this? We can. Do, there's a great way. Like uh, meet and greet is a perfect mm. example. Yeah. Uh, when we first started doing a theater tour, I said, they said, now we're gonna add meet and greets on. It's a great way to you know it'll pay for your bus in it mm-hmm. every every stop. You just gotta do meet and greets. I was like, what is it? And like the people pay three fifty. They come backstage. They get to meet you, take a picture with you, and then you don't have to worry about doing pictures with everyone. And I was like, but that's not who I am. It's never been who I am mm-hmm. or who I was. And I decided not to do that. And and I, against the advice of my managers and agents, I said, what I'll do is I'll do a raffle. Mm. And so you can, if you want to buy one ticket, buy one ticket, maybe you win the meet and greet. And you do, people yeah. do. Or, and we're going to pull 50 a night. And then, and then, uh, and then I said, or you can buy, if you buy 
50 tickets, I'm going to pull your number anyway. If anyone that buys 50 bucks, I'll pull your number. You get to bring a friend. Fuck, Damn. Bring four. Bring four. I don't give a fuck. And so we do 50 meet and greets every night. And then, and then the caveat turned in. I wasn't allowed to keep the money. Why? I know. What? I know. I know. So I, I so then it turned into this real special shit show of me going to a bar with fucking two thousand dollars and fucking giving it to the wait staff. Just fucking here's two hundred, here's two hundred, here's two hundred. What? Yeah, it was fucking insane. I remember tipping people six hundred dollars. I'd be like oh and they'd be like, What God. the fuck is this? And I was like, because what I'd do is I'd get done the show and I'd go, We're all going to the bar next door. Meet me there. Mm. I'll do pictures over there. I already do my meet and greet. And then I get the cash from the thing because it's gambling. Right. So I was setting up a gambling practice in my show. Are you kidding me? Yeah, my, my business manager's like, hey, man, you can't keep that money. And I and I kind of need video of you giving it away. Like, what? because if people think, if we get audited, I need video of you giving it away. So I would get the stack of cash. I'd walk over to the bar. I'd be like, boom, give it to the bartenders. I'd be like, that's on me. Now, now you're one of those influencers who like, Puts a camera on a homeless dude's face and you're I, like, here's a thousand dollars. I never posted it because I never posted it because that sounds so crazy. So wait, how did you how how did you start? Because you started young, but how did you I want to know the you grew up in the south? Ohio. Ohio the south where? of the north. Uh between Dayton and Columbus, middle and nowhere. I know where that it's, is. It's called uh it's called Marysville. Yeah. Uh, we're known for our women's penitentiary. Oh, it's pretty it's dope. Unlike unlike uh what's the place? Was it uh, Omaha is known for Boys Town? Is it really? Is it Boys? Yeah, yeah. No, no. Day Dayton's known. Wait, where's Boys Town? Dayton's where they learned how to fly planes. Yes, that was where the Wright brothers, Wright yes. brothers, were from. Yes, Nebraska. Omaha is Boys Town. So there's an so there's an old. You ever seen the movie Caddyshack? Yeah. And do you remember when he comes up to the caddies riding Dangerfield and he goes, "Hey, it's late. What time do you guys need to be back at Boys Town?" Yeah, I don't think I ever got that reference. It's it's, it's a place where wayward youths would go in <laughs> oh, Omaha. Shit. I thought it was a gay place. I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I was like, you mean West Hollywood? They, when you came to West Hollywood, they called it's it Boys, Boys Town. Town. Yeah, Boys Town is a place that a priest pulled. Yeah, there it is. Father who? The father, there's a priest saving started, children, healing. Father families. Flanagan started uh, Boys Town in Ohio, and so it's like an orphanage. For wayward boys, that's where you would get like that's where they would have formed sent. by a priest. Yeah, well, sketchy. Oh, mm, if I know Ohio, I guess that's why they call West Hollywood Boys Town. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude! My God, <laughs> that's fucking not nearly as sketchy. Just just middle of nowhere. It's it's about an hour west of Columbus. Okay. Um, and when I was like thirteen, I kind of found out who like Dave Chappelle and Dane Cook were. Those were like my two idols growing up yeah and then my mom won tickets on the radio to see dane live what radio Nationwide. station do you remember 97 97.9 i think okay keep um or maybe 99.7 one of the local channels yeah. so she won tickets when i was like 14 years old and she took me to see him at uh nationwide arena in columbus where the blue jackets play and i remember seeing him live there and i was like this is what i want to do so when i was 15 i started i caught i emailed the columbus funny bone you know stroop yeah, yeah, and I was course. like, hey, I'm 15. I know you have to be 21 to like even get into the club. Like if I had like my parent or something come with me, could I try your open mic? And luck of the draw, he said yes. When I feel like any other club owner would be like, why? Why would yeah. a 15 year old? Be, why would I risk my liquor license for a 15 year old? Yeah. But he said yes. So, but Stroop's had enough head injuries where he's like, oh yeah, he's like, I, don't, I don't really see the the risk in this. Oh, he <laughs> thought I was 51. Like he he didn't know what the fuck was going on. I love Dave Stroop. He's the I best. Love Dave dude. Stroop. I'm so thankful for him letting me like do that. Every, every week, my mom would drive me an hour on Wednesdays to do the open mic 
and, or it would be my grandpa. And it was a bringer open mic too. We had to bring five people. Yeah. So my grandpa would buy five tickets so that the, to the checklist, it looks like five oh, people yeah. were coming. And then I would get to do five minutes. And I just did that for like a year. Got a manager out of a club in Atlanta who, who? found me on Twitter. Um, you don't know him. His name's Gary Abdo. Okay, okay. Uh, he okay. used to own the Uptown Comedy Corner. If you've I, heard of that, I, I played. I played the Uptown Comedy Corner. Oh, of course you did. Everybody I played, has. I went. It was a fucking shit show. Yeah, it's uh, like the most ghetto club it, in the country. I was fresh out of college. I had done stand up in New York and in L.A. I've done it maybe twice. Oh shit! Twice, and I go to do. I think it was like a Monday night. They had an open mic night or something, mm-hmm. and I so I go and I. Sign up for the open mic. Uh, I, I think I, you had to pay maybe. or Probably. I paid. And I sit in the audience with my girlfriend. I was dating this girl who lived in Atlanta at the time. Mm-hmm. And so immediately everyone starts lighting me up. It's an all-black club. Of course. And everyone's lighting me up. And they're like, uh, they're like, we're going to call you Bertie Burt. And I was <laughs> okay. like, I was like, okay. And then and I'm, a, I'm not a comedian. I mean, I've done it twice, but I'm not a comedian yet. But I know it, I am funny. Mm-hmm. And so... Every time they come and fuck with me, and everyone's fucking with me, I'm I'm getting some laughs. Yeah, and uh, but it's all in retort to someone in, coming at you. It's not, it's not your retort. material. It's not even retort. It's like me just answering funny like, uh-huh, okay. and, not, and not being and I, it's whatever the fuck a comic's brain does, where you just answer honest, mm-hmm. and then that gets the laugh. Right, and um, and then like second to last, they're like, all right, next come to stage, and it's the host who's been fucking with me all night. He goes. Oh, no way. And he looks at me, he goes, Is this you? And I went, Yeah. And he goes, Ladies and gentlemen, Bertie Bert. And the place went fucking nuts. And I got on stage and I I think I danced. <laughs> oh, of course you did. It's right of passage. You have yeah, to dance. I danced. Shirt I was fucking, on at this point. I had a joke about yeah, shirt was on. <laughs> okay. Definitely shirt was on. I had a joke about uh rappers' names. Um rappers' names are always nerdy that's why they change them <laughs> i said methods man name clifford uh, uh dmx earl uh master p do you know what his name is everyone's in this is like before this is back when you'd have to read liner notes to find out what their names were liner like, what meaning is that? inside a cd if you opened up it would be produced by cds yeah, no, CD. yeah. I, don't, I don't know cds <laughs> and i go master p percy and i go of course he changed it to master p can you imagine his mom going Percy, Percy, it's time for dinner. And he goes, Mom, it's Master P. Oh, na, 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 na. And I got a huge fucking laugh. And then I danced a little more. I sang some Aaliyah. I sang Aaliyah. Wow. Uh, I sang, boy, I've been watching you like a hawk in the sky. And I did the dance. And I got the fuck off stage. You crushed? I wouldn't say crushed. You did. You survived. I'm certain I probably took a swing in the wrong direction. <laughs> like I was like, I don't know. Who knows what the fuck I could have said back then? But I, I didn't crush. I remember. I remember. I did. I remember going. I survived, mm-hmm. but wasn't anything I was super proud of. Gotcha. Like it wasn't like. Uh, and then I went. And then when I moved to New York, it was, I mostly played. I mean, the Boston Comedy Club was. I don't. I wouldn't say it was an urban club per se. I mean, mm-hmm. it was on Sundays. But it was inclusive. Oh, uh, but it was inclusive before inclusive was the thing anyone was trying to do. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Of course. It was inclusive out of necessity. Yeah, it absolutely. wasn't inclusive. <laughs> it was just need a people. It man. was woke back when woke <laughs> just meant free tickets. <laughs> 
bro, fucking free tickets. I remember when I was when I, I lived in Atlanta for the for the summer between my junior and senior year, yeah. and fucking right high my, school or college. High school. I never okay. went to college. Never God. went to college. Mm-mm. You would have cleaned up at college. <sighs> I know it would have been great. But however, when I when I graduated high school and I moved out to LA, I would go back home to visit and I would stay with my friends at college. So like, I got the college experience yeah. without any of the classes. That's all you need. Really. No, it was it was fucking fantastic. So you went down to Atlanta for a summer to work. Yeah, my, so my manager at the time he found me on Twitter when I was I had just did my first guest spot for like DL Hughley. So like mm-hmm. DL and I would like tweet back and forth. My manager saw that, found me, flew me down there, and I stayed down there for the whole summer. I was working at his club doing like nine to eleven shows a week, just kind of just getting stage time, you know, building a ten oh, minutes. Yeah. And uh, fucking going to Lenox Mall, passing out free tickets to people who don't want free tickets. It's just miserable. Coming home with paper cuts for free tickets. What a bait and switch, too. You get a oh, ticket from you, a little white kid, then you show up and it's fucking oh, yeah. earthquake. Oh, <laughs> wow, <laughs> like, earthquake. Wow. Earthquake's doing a special on Netflix. I saw that with uh, yeah. him and Donnell by Chappelle, right? Earthquake has been a murderer Since his forever. entire fucking career. Entire fucking career. I'm so glad that... like, I'm so glad that Chappelle... So many times you see people get like that deal where they get to hook, you know, uh, do do produce specials uh-huh. and they just hook up their friends. Yeah. And, she, and I, I I know Chappelle and Earthquake are probably friends, but Earthquake's a guy that's long past his due. I, I also he want, respects I want it, yeah. a Greer Barnes special. Oh, yes. Barnes. Dude, his half hour Comedy Central special was one of the first things that ever made me cry laughing. His impression of a cop on a horse with the, the sound effects and playing ping pong. Dude, Dude, I was in tears. Greer Barnes, Greer Barnes is is like a great white shark mm-hmm. because he he gets on stage and it's so smooth. Yep, and so like you wonder is it? And when he bites, oh, massive! You, it is. I remember being blown away by him, and then and like literally, a couple. There are only a couple guys: Tony Woods and Greer Barnes were two guys that I was like, if they're at the Bagot drinking, mm-hmm. I'm down there drinking next to him. Tony Woods, every single night I could. I never left Tony Woods' aside. He was like really? a mentor to me. I've never met him. I'm such a fan. Never met the guy. He's the best. He's the fucking best. That would be a great special for Dave to do. Oh, of course. Do you know Tony who the Woods. other ones are? I, just, I know it's Donnell, Donnell and Earthquake. And, and Earthquake, they haven't announced them yet. Interesting. Well, and what the beauty about Dave is it's going to be the funniest. It's not going to be course. like, uh, you know, I need to. I'm not gonna, uh, you know. You have whatever. to book this type of person. Yeah. This type of person. But Dave's Dave's group he runs in mm-hmm. is like Mo is Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Michelle is a bl- white redhead. Yeah. Donnell is. Is she a, fully white? Yeah. I thought she was mixed. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah. Good to know. She's got that vibe, but you know, she's she's. I, I mean, uh, I think she's fully white. Yeah, I'm uh, pretty sure. I don't think you get red hair like that if you're black. I okay. think you you definitely can. Check check it. Wait. I'll just yeah. Google redheaded black people. Let's have that in your search history. Uh, uh, well, it's going to be Malcolm X. No. Malcolm X had red hair. No, he did not. Mm-hmm. What? Malcolm X had red hair. I've only ever seen footage in black and white. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> Are you sure? No. Can you Google? Was Malcolm X redhead? Max, he was not. Malcolm X, Malcolm X was. Uh, Malcolm X was. Uh, Malcolm X in color is the first thing. Malcolm X had red hair. Look at what yeah malcolm x had red hair wow malcolm x his nickname this is was, shaking his, my whole world his nickname was red he looks like leonardo dicaprio in that one down there which with one? the glasses like a little bit i'd love to see that biopic 
Yeah, Malcolm X. <laughs> Played by Leonardo DiCaprio. It watched the not, world implode. If he, he, I only know that his nickname was Red. Try, type in Malcolm X nickname. I guess it's Malcolm X. Or no. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's on the birth certificate. <laughs> his nickname oh, yeah, was Red. Red. His nickname was Red. He had red hair. Interesting. This is kind of blowing my mind right now. Or maybe his last name was Red. Detroit Red, El Shabazz Red, and El Hajimali. Interesting. You know what else you never really see? Black dudes with Down syndrome. Type that in. (laughs) Yeah, type that in. All right, well, I feel like we should get off of that. <laughs> all right, never mind. Well, Google's got all the answers. And, and Google works in such absolutes. It's like, no, no, no. You here. mean this one? You mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, think of, uh, think of fucking Howard Stern show. I think that's all his cast members were, I think. All Down Syndrome? I think so. Mostly. No. This is back. Howard Stern did radio when you could take someone with a subtle disadvantage and mock them for years. No way. And make, and, and. I mean, all Howard Stern's, what do they call the the Rat Pack? The Whack Pack. The Whack Pack. You know, do, were you not a big Stern fan? Don't don't really know too much about him, no. I, you know, this funny is I didn't either because I grew up in Florida. And then when I moved to New York, Foo Fighters played on Stern. Mm-hmm. And it's it's why, I mean, I, I hope this, mean, I mean this respectfully, but it's why we know Foo Fighters today. Foo really? Fighters went on Stern and played acoustic. Am I right on this, Halston? played acoustic they played everlong i mean, I, mean dude, I like it if you're 45 this is a this is like i'm gonna go lift weights this is the motivation i'm gonna song? fucking fall in love you don't love me anymore fuck you i'm drinking in my backyard oh. you know what i smoke weed when i wake up i don't give a fuck i'll play video games God this is damn- that song this reminds me of coming out to la doing copious amounts of drugs and driving around in fast cars in the hills with fucking loads of women and fucking hauling ass and thinking, I will live forever. I will live forever. And howling, laughing, leaving Rod Stewart's house. Out of my head, she sang. Hold on, did you just casually drop the you at Rod Stewart's house? I mean, okay. This riff I mean, sounds familiar Fuck, now. dude. I mean, I'm going to have to have a fucking cocktail. <laughs> I got to have a fucking cocktail, Halston. It's Halston. Like 3.30. What time is it? No, it's fucking early. So I can breathe you in. All right, cut this off, Halston. I'm going to fucking cry. Is this, this your, is, you said this is your favorite song is, of all time? Oh, uh, no, no, no. First of all, when I ran the LA Marathon, I ran front to back listening to Foo Fighters, Rage Against the Machine, just on repeat. Dude, Foo Fighters will get your dick hard. I mean, it is, it is music to shout out of a car in the middle of the night with ice cold wind blowing in with a cigarette in one hair and a beer between your legs going 90 miles an hour on a fucking freeway when it's COVID out and no one's on the road. God damn it, I fucking love Foo Fighters. I don't think anything makes me feel that good. A good cigar is a reward. It's a tradition. At Famous Smoke Shop, they know all about it. American-owned and independent, Famous Smoke Shop is your neighborhood cigar shop no matter where your neighborhood is. As a matter of fact, Famous Smoke Shop was recently named the best place to buy cigars online by both Cool Material and Cigar World. I love Famous Smoke Shop. I absolutely do. Now in their 83rd year, Famous Smoke continues to offer the authentic cigar experience, decades worth of cigar knowledge, a huge selection of premium cigars, and low prices for every cigar enthusiast will love. Famous Smoke Shop offers a huge selection of over a thousand brands to choose from. You will not find that. When you go into the smoke shop down the street from me, I'm telling you right now, 
They they have everything you've ever wanted. I the other day I went to Famous Smoke Shop and I wanted the Oliva. I think it was the Oliva that I smoked with my my dad. Uh, I was talking to a friend about it when my dad gave me a very pivotal speech and I could go on there, cruise, peruse it. I bought a box, sent them to my dad. They've got Romeo and Julieta. They've got Romeo, Monte Cristo, Acid, Macanudo, Oliva, and Fuente. Plus, every purchase is backed by their 30-day famous freshness guaranteed. So if you want your favorite cigars delivered fast and guaranteed fresh, it has to be Famous Smoke Shop. Like I said, I absolutely love the, these guys. They're awesome. And this is where I'm getting all my cigars. By the way, I just bought, I'm just getting, I'm getting a humidor because that's how many cigars I'm buying. Our offer is going so well that you have another opportunity to save $20 off your purchase of $100 or more when you go to Famous-Smoke.com. That's Famous-Smoke.com and use the code BIRD at checkout. Save $20 off your purchase of $100 or more. You'll get your favorite cigars delivered direct from their humidor to yours. That promo code is BERT for $20 off your purchase at Famous-Smoke.com. Great cigar deals only at Famous-Smoke.com. And remember, use my promo code BERT. Remember the last time you were at a gas station and you saw those horribly branded erection pills? They're tempting. I know. I go to gas stations a lot. <laughs> but you ever take a second to see what's actually in those products? They're terrible for you. The same goes for most of the products on the market that claim to help men in bed but who wants a four-hour erection the nasty side effects heart problems and possibly a trip to a hospital to get rid of that thing by the way that's the thing that scared me the most you know how they do it how i'm not gonna say but that trip to the hospital oh my god Ooh, joy mode is here to save the day thank god you are here joy mode whether you're happy or unhappy with your performance in the bedroom, why not perform better? My cousin Abe said that to me one time. Why, wouldn't you want to just perform a little bit better? If you can bring your best, why not make your best that much better? Joy Mode Sexual Performance Booster is like a pre-workout for sex. Wouldn't you rather take a supplement designed to spice things up naturally rather than a prescription drug that, drug that can give you harmful side effects down the road? You will go to great lengths to biohack your way to get better mental health or physical performance. But what about in the bedroom? Joy Mode makes natural and science-backed sexual wellness products for men. Their sexual performance boost booster is like a pre-workout for sex. The sexual performance booster is designed to support erection quality and firmness and sex drive. It was created with the best-in-class scientists and biochemistry's PhDs. After taking the sexual performance booster, blood levels of arginine and yobaharinine will increase and will directly promote nitric oxide production, penile tissue relaxation, and increased drive. Meanwhile, the antioxidant actions of the vitamin C will protect the nitric oxide from oxidative degradation, which enhances... <laughs> By the way, I'm not a fucking doctor, okay? Do you want to fuck better? That's what you need to know. Do You do read all this shit on the box. If you want to fuck better, take joy mode. This is what you're going to do. Simply tear it open, take the satchel, Mix it with six to eight ounces of water and just like your favorite electrolyte package. And for the best use, consume anywhere 45 to four hours prior to sexual activity. You will notice better blood flow, better erection, quality and firmness, and increased sexual energy and drive. If you want to spice things up in the bedroom and boost your sexual performance and do it naturally without the nasty prescription drugs, we have a special offer for our BurtCast listeners. Go to usejoymode.com slash BURT or enter BIRD at checkout for 20% off your first order. That's usejoymode.com slash BIRD for 20% off your first order. Thank you, Joy Mode. Do you drink? Ah, when I'm trying to get drunk.
It's a 26-year-old thing to say. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how it all works for all of us. <laughs> well, I, 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 no, I don't some do people it to stain ca- my teeth. No, some people love a casual drink, man. I can't fucking do it. Really? No, it tastes terrible. Oh. It's terrible. Yeah, I can understand that. I can understand that. I wasn't there yet when I was your age. Uh, was a big acid person for a while, though, so it kind of skipped a step, I feel like. <laughs> like drinking should have came first. No, I wish I could be that person. Like the Bill Hicks was a big acid guy, mm-hmm. not booze. Yeah. Um, Just different. Yeah, it's a different mindset. It's a different like it's a different way to look at life. Weed more so now. I started doing it heavy a while ago and I started having panic attacks. Yeah. So I had to like chill out for a while, but I just started to get back into it. I fucking love it. It's it's really the only way I can sleep. I enjoy um I enjoy uh I enjoy a couple hits of weed mm-hmm. and a project. Interesting. Uh I realized that this week we were in we were on the bus and I and um I took I took a couple hits of this weed and just like a couple, maybe four hits, three, mm-hmm. three, three tops. And uh we had all this lunch meat that this we did our 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 runner for the theater didn't know what a crudite was. I knew the or or a or a charcuterie plate. So he okay. just bought he just bought like an onion, uh <laughs> fucking like he didn't understand what it, the project just was. Ingredients. Ingredient he thought he was like, <laughs> Oh, these guys want to make sandwiches. Yeah. And so uh so I started making sandwiches with these bun- with these I had these we had these homemade buns from an Italian restaurant and I cut them out, I hollowed them out, and I was high and I could not I had so much fucking fun eating those making those sandwiches. Oh my god. Didn't eat god. them, but I made ten sandwiches and then just set them up. The first time I ever had a weed edible, I thought I was never gonna touch weed ever again. I was on tour with uh with Ralphie May and we were doing uh we were doing his tour bus up and down the West Coast. Yeah. And uh had never had weed before and I, he would do it all day, every day. So I was like, well, a little bit wouldn't hurt me. And he was taking uh, Chiba Chews, fucking yeah. heavy edibles. So that's, that's an edible. Yes. So he was like, just take one of these. Took one. We're in like Sacramento, I think. And uh, 45 minutes goes by. I literally, my entire body is fucking numb. Yeah. And he's like, you okay, Maddie? And I'm like, dude, I'm fucking freaking out. And I was like, how much was that? He was like 100 milligrams. I know now you only need 10 to like you only, feel you only good. Need, you only need five if Dude, we're going to be but real. But he was doing like four or five of them at a time. Granted, his size. You He's know. 600 pounds. Yeah. The, so wait, get me from get me from Atlanta to Ralphie. So oddly and, and enough. Don't, and don't leave any steps out, but get me from Atlanta to Ralphie. Oddly enough, Ralphie was before Atlanta. Ralphie was the first person I was ever supposed to do a guest spot for at uh, Hilarities in Cleveland. I had been doing stand-up for like four months. And this was a time when Twitter was like... Fucking great club. Great club. Love that club. I ended up playing... Nick is the fucking best. The coolest guy. That is one of the greatest clubs in all of this country. The crowds are always good. I don't think I've ever had a bad show at Hilarious. I I don't know what you're doing if you're in Cleveland right now. I don't care who's performing there Mm -hmm. this weekend. Go see a show at Hilarious. Whoever's there is going to be amazing, and you'll have a great experience. Food's fantastic. The strip there is great to do stuff before and after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely go check it out. Yeah. Um, I was in stand up for like four or five months. And this is when Twitter was like pretty new. Like everyone, you could, you could get a hold of anybody. So I would just like, I tweeted to Ralphie and I was like, Hey, I see you're going to be in Cleveland on this date or whatever. Can I do a guest spot for you? I heard that's like the thing to do. Yeah. And I hadn't done a guest spot for anybody yet. And he was like, yeah, sure. Come through. But I was so young. I was, I think I was still 15 at the time. And, uh, my mom was obviously new to it as well. And she was the one who was going to take me up there. And I remember it was like two months out. And over the course of like the following month, 
she just kept making me ask him questions like, what time do I need to be there? Do my parents need to get tickets? Where are they going to be sitting? Like, I was just bombarding him with questions. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, hey, man, I think it's a bit too much. Maybe we do try this another time down the road. I was fucking devastated. I was I, I ran to my room, slammed my door. I was like, you ruined it for me. Ralphie Mae hates me. Yeah. Fast forward to maybe a year goes by. I'm 16. He's doing a theater in Youngstown, Ohio. My grandparents live up there. So I was like, hey, can we try it this time? Never performed at a theater before. Mm -hmm. I get there. He pulls up in the bus. My mom's there with me. And uh, theater, I think, held like $7.50, something like that. Smaller theater, but uh -huh. theater nonetheless. And uh, before I go on stage, he hands me a $100 bill. And I was like, oh, no, 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 no. Like, I, I don't want pay. I'm just happy He's to He's like, no, go you. get me Coke. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's going to make him skinny. <laughs> Yeah, as soon as I said Coke, I was like, why would I say Coke? I should have said chicken tenders. Yeah. Run up to McDonald's. Yeah. I don't want a penny Real of this quick. back. I'll be off in two hours. Yeah. Be back with the sauce. I want to take this to Taco Bell and tell them to <laughs> fucking surprise me. You can buy a whole franchise with Taco Bell of $100. I used to, I took one of my favorite memories ever is we went skiing, a bunch of us, a bunch of comedians like Mark Norman, uh, Mark Norman, uh, Fucking Sean uh, Patton, mm -hmm. Ari Shafir, uh, Danish and I think Danish and O'Neill were there. I forget. It was, anyway, we were fucking hammered coming back from. We were going back to Park City from uh, from Wise Guys, and we pulled into that Del Taco just before Park City. Uh -huh. And I and we went up to the window and I gave the lady two hundred bucks and I said, "Surprise me." And she was like, "What?" I said, "Give it up. Give it all to us." And so, and we were crying, laughing, and she filled up. A bag, two hundred dollars worth of tacos and burritos and everything. Did you finish it? We we ate it for the whole trip. We just kept eating it. That's all we oh, ate the whole weekend. It was awesome. That's fucking disgusting. It was awesome. <laughs> Fresh Del Taco is a risk. You're and I it said for the weekend. I, I was I was just in Park City with my daughters, and we drove by that Del Taco, and I said, "Oh, that's my Del Taco." And they went, "You Del Taco?" I said, "I want to see with some comedians." Like gave lady two hundred bucks. I told her to surprise me, and Georgia just turns around and she goes. That is so you. And I, was like, <laughs> I was like, yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. So so he gives you a hundred bucks. Yeah, he gives me um hands me a hundred dollar bill. I'm like, no, I'm like just so thankful for the spot and to meet you, or whatever. And he goes, No, Sam Kennison gave me a hundred dollar bill for my first guest spot ever. So I wanted to return the favor. I want to make sure you do the same thing when you're older in a position to do the same for somebody else. Sadly, when you do that to someone, they're gonna go, Who the fuck, Sam Kinison? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Even I had to Google, get, if I'm being did, honest. Yeah. I had to, I had to Google. I was like, Oh yeah, he's the best. Oh, I love Sam Kinison. He's the funniest and such a nice guy. Calm. I love this calm demeanor. <laughs> so go off stage, do like seven minutes. It was so much fun. Um, he fucking crushes, obviously. And then I think like six months later, no, maybe maybe closer to a year later. I'm I'm 17. I'm planning on moving out to LA. He's at some, I forget what other theater he was doing in Ohio, but I, he let me open for him again. And I told him, I was like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move out to L.A. And he was like, don't do that. He was like, don't go to L.A. until like they're asking for you. And I didn't wait. I, I did move out there. And then I booked Wild and Out like six months after moving there. And when I first moved to L.A. and I was like, couch surfing, he used to take me to restaurants for lunch. And he'd make me order like six meals. And he was like, eat one now. The rest you can take home with you. So he would like buy me food for the week. Basically, I wish he wasn't dead because I have so many. Like I love, I love it. Rob is like, I in my visual is like, hey, we're both gonna order six of those. <laughs> yours is and, for yeah, later. Yeah, you save yours for later, and I'm, that's what I'm gonna tell her I'm doing with mine. Okay, <laughs> just so it doesn't look weird. 
He was the, dude, he's he, like, and then he's like, order six meals and yeah. save them later. And he's like, oh, what do we got over here? All right. By the time we're done, I have like three meals left. Yeah. And he ate he's the like, one I that I ordered for, for myself. Yeah. <laughs> oh. He was the nicest. When I was still in Ohio uh, around Christmas time, he used to let me drive down to Zany's in Nashville because he had a Nashville spot as well. Yeah. And he would always do shows there around Christmas time. He would let me drive down, open for him, get like the, you know, the hundred bucks from the club or whatever. Yeah. And then he would tip me like, an extra five, six hundred dollars. So I could like buy my family Christmas presents and stuff like that. Just the nicest fucking guy, man. He was the nicest guy. He was the nicest. I really miss him. His I tour really bus, his did. tour bus tour is the reason I could afford to get my teeth done. We get your teeth done. <laughs> yeah, dude. I had Ohio teeth. Fuck. Really? Yeah. Are there any dude. pictures of, of 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 your old teeth? <sighs> On old Wild and Out episodes. Yeah. Definitely. For real? The first like two seasons. Yeah. Dude, oh wow! Bad. I had a big gap you know, in the so middle. Funny. There's another guy I was I was talking to. Is like, yeah, I gotta get I gotta get my teeth done. I'm like, they're racked with cavities. I, for, I won't I won't say his name because I don't remember it. it. Wasn't Rocky? Was it? It was Rocky. Rocky Dale Davis. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. he wouldn't care about. It. He talks yeah. about his teeth all the time. I've known Rocky forever. Wow. This is what ha- this is what happens when you Google me. Oh, I like the jacked picture of you. Oh, thanks, man. Jesus. Let me know when you want to get a workout in. Nope. Oh, uh, the one at the bottom of D. Ray Davis. If you zoom in on that one, that was my first trip ever to L.A. Your teeth weren't that bad. They were dude, just regular I mean, that's not a, that's teeth. not even a dominant like zoom. They were fucked, dude. So you went you went on tour with Ralphie. Mm-hmm. Made just enough money to get my teeth done. It was oh, the best, you. dude. Fucking guy. I would I would sleep in like the the middle bunk, and it was yeah. right at about waist level. This dude every night would get up to use the restroom while we were driving and he would pull my curtain open and fart in the fucking bunk, dude. <laughs> it was disgusting. There is a because this fart traveled so far to get out of the cheeks. You mean through his body? Yeah, well, just out of the cheeks alone. Like oh, there's oh, yeah. so much ass that it had to imagine, get past. Imagine the the past meals that traveled past. Oh my God. <laughs> I've mean, never seen a human with so many titties. <laughs> like to have a neck titty is something different man he uh he was uh he was a real he was a real fascinating dude mm-hmm. and he was only he was he's the only comic i've also ever seen at least live do like a consistent two and a half hours on stage and it was funny the entire time and nobody left like I, i've had to fo- i had to follow him a few times fuck dude and he was he it was i mean it was i mean why named uh secret time i was i he's the one that told me i should call my special secret time really i followed him on cowhead's cruise wow cowhead i haven't i haven't even thought about that in forever oh you remember cowhead yeah very oh, yeah. very minimally but like on on twitter yeah yeah um cowhead mike couch is his real name mm. he's the biggest radio show in florida but he um him and him and Ralphie were best friends. Mm-hmm. Me and Cow, me and I call him Cow. Me and Cow were best friends, and uh, and we would all do the cruise together. This is before before uh, Calton and Kelly. For anyone who's a big podcast mm-hmm. nerd like me, but uh, and Ralphie, um, we were partying, and Ralphie was like, um, "Hey Bert, how come? You, why don't you go up late tonight? You go up late. You do the late spot." And I was like. And it was just like, I think we'd already done a show. We were just Mm. doing a second show. And I was like, I was like, okay. And he, he did like 15 and maybe 20. And it murdered so aggressively hard. 
meaning it it was almost like he decided to take all that energy that would go into two hours mm -hmm. and just and it was rapid fire you remember the, one of the things the most beautiful thing about ralphie's stand-up and I, I could talk about stuff like this forever is he had an ability to tag every joke with with, with fucking 30 jokes mm -hmm. i remember him talking about do you remember his as uh, i mean there's so many bits of his but i remember one of the, a good example of this is uh he goes ah oh, now they got fat bastard that's not offensive why don't we do Mexican ass bastard? I do remember this. I'm yeah. talking about real Mexican with those baby gold teeth. Why are you a grown ass man with baby gold teeth? <laughs> yeah. Why don't we do black ass bastard? I'm talking dark. I'm talking so dark you can throw salt in his face and it'll look like deep space. Why don't we do? And he just would do hammer, hammer, hammer. Mm -hmm. And he did this bit that had me sideways crying, laughing, like on the fucking stool off to the side. And he closed it and he goes, all right, let's bring up Bert. And I was still laughing from his from his joke and i got on stage and i said secret time i can't follow that guys and everyone started laughing and then i just started telling secrets uh -huh. and i went secret time my wife looks like elvis when she has an orgasm <laughs> <laughs> and, and and i started doing well but i just told i just told very honest secrets uh -huh. um and it was a lot of inside jokes that we'd all been on this cruise this, this girl on this cruise and try to fuck me and uh and i told i told part of that secret mm. secret time you want to hear what happened with that chick and everyone went fucking nuts and i told the story of her going to my dorm my my door and saying she was going to suck my dick and me going in and i go secret time and i hadn't told anyone this this is a long story this girl was extremely gorgeous wanted to have sex with me and said mm -hmm. our first night of dinner she came up and she was beautiful and she was like i'm fucking him this weekend and ralphie and cal lost their minds and they're like He's married, and he is the most faithful guy in the world. I'm not saying this to print myself out. I'm just saying what story would happen. Mm -hmm. And she goes, no, no, no. We will be fucking tonight. I can mark my words. And then we all went out, and she came out. And I will admit, it felt good to have this fucking just my type, big tits, blonde hair at the time. Same. Oh, it's everyone's type. Same. It's Pam Anderson. And so uh, she... Um, it was fun the whole night. And at the end of the night, I was like, all right, I'm going to bed. And everyone was watching, right? And I was, and she's like, all right, that's my call. I'll see you guys. I'm going with them. And everyone laughed. And we walked out together. And I got to the elevator. And I said, hey, for real, I really appreciate you. It made me feel good. But mm -hmm. like, I am married. I have two kids. I'm, I'm going to bed. And she was like, hey, I wasn't kidding. I'm going to fuck you. And I went, I, I, it's not going to happen. And she goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Let's get to your door. And we'll just make the decision then. And I was like, oh. so I got in the elevator. And she got in the elevator. And I we didn't really even talk. And we got to my door. And I said, hey, sincerely, this has made me feel amazing. But here's where it ends. And so I said, I'm going to my room. And she said, I will be standing on the other side of this door. And uh, when you open it, I'm going to come in. And I'm going to suck your dick. And I went, Okay. <laughs> and everyone knew that story and I, so i told him i said secret time i came in and i shut that door and i sat crisscross applesauce and looked at her feet under my door and waited for them to go i was like please go away no. and i drank myself i drank myself asleep on the floor that night because i was like i know that if i just murder alcohol she was so hot and it's a blowjob and you're going i'm doing the right thing you're supposed to fucking walk away i've told you the whole time and now she's standing i'm looking at the shadow going like 
I just, just walk away. Just fucking walk away. Just fucking walk away. Oh and I woke up the next morning. I looked up and I was like, her feet are gone. I did it. I won. And then she came up and apologized to me. And she was like, I was really inappropriate that night. And then she started fucking another dude and I got jealous. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what about me? I was like, I did the right thing. You're supposed to make me feel good. All dude, right. how, how but, did you so, say no? Uh, I wish I had a picture of her too. Oh. Uh, I did because I because I love my wife. I mean, and I don't mean that like I'm not saying that in like uh, I love my wife in in a different kind of way, and that it's the thing that you do when you decide you want to get married. And how and long I, had you been with your wife at this point? We had we had Isla definitely. So I'm gonna say six years. Oh goddamn! Six years, maybe seven years. You've been married for how long now? Twenty. No, 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 no. I'm just saying 17. No, yeah, you know, you know how. (laughs) 17 years. We've been married 17 years. We've been together 19 years. I know it's such a 26 year old thing to say, but like, I I genuinely want that. I've had the fuckboy face. Like, it's fun. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. But like, oh, oh, you've got the. I know, I know, I know. know. That's like, that person's my age too, by the way. Mm -hmm. And uh, I don't know if you're comfortable talking about it, but like, the fucking. You know who I'm talking about, right? Oh, her? Yeah. Oh, uh, I can't. Yeah, but that's like, trust me when I say there's a lot of guys that are 49 that are like, oh, I'd trade spots with him in a second. Of course. Of course. But my grandpa always told me for every hot girl out there as a guy out there who's sick of hearing her shit. So yeah. that's also, uh, that goes for a, a, a lot of people. Yeah, I... Uh, I look at like, uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I here's the thing, is that when you find her, mm-hmm. you know it's her, you know it, and you go and you go, I'm done. This is the one, and there is, and you would do anything in the world to keep her, and that's that's and that's it's as it's as easy as that. That's that's hitting deep. I'm actually going through a breakup right now with a girl that I was like, fuck, this might be it. Yeah, you're still young. I know, but like, dude, everything was great until it wasn't. Like, every single thing about her, I was like, "Fuck this!" Like, this could be my wife. Well, then, what was the thing that? Man, I messed up a little bit, yeah. And then her reaction to that mess up made it a thousand times worse. That's really important. That's by the way. I mean, I don't look. I don't know anything. I've messed up a little bit with Leanne. Mm. A lot. I've messed up a lot. <laughs> never like never never uh cheating mm-hmm. but like you know uh fucking saying fucked up shit mm-hmm. behaving i mean i went through a little bit of a uh pill addiction twice with her shit yeah like i i was addicted to xanax when i was probably 30 wow. maybe 30 maybe maybe older i guess 30 right when we had georgia I still have time to pick up a pill addiction. How cool is that? Yeah, I went through. Wow. I, went to, I went through two. Damn. I went through that, and then, uh, and I was just taking them a lot. I was taking mm. them a lot, and I was partying on them. And I was like, it was right when I was doing hurt, Bert. I think it was just me mm. dealing with like not almost dying a couple times, and then, um, and then I, and then I had another one. I fell off a waterfall, and I got addicted to oxy's. God damn. Yeah, man. oxy's and Valium, and twice, and and if if she uh if she was in here she could tell you a story of the way i behaved when i was coming off oxys <laughs> that was was less than uh i'm less than proud of and she now giggles at it 
She giggles at it. She goes, oh, that's the one then. Oh, yeah. Damn. Uncomfortable. Does she have a sister? No. Nah. No. And if she did, she'd be old as dirt. <laughs> oh, no. I'm clearly not into that. <laughs> oh, no. God forbid. Yeah, you need the check that you need the check that uh, you just know, you know. And then and then you like, I don't know. There's crazy little times where you're like, where you're with them and then you're all of a sudden you're you're giggling and you're like, God, like this morning we were in bed and I don't know, it's just it's like you reach out and hold her hand and it's not like, I'm not like an overly affectionate person, but like little things like that. And that, I don't know. It's when you know, you know, I remember realizing with Leanne and I was like, this person's the good person. This person's going to do all the good things that I want to be like. I want to be better. I want to be like this person. I want this person to have an influence on me. I, mm. they, I think they're going to keep me honest. Like I'll, I'll lie to myself all day long. Mm. And, um, Man, that's and, and then you have kids with them, and then they do the right thing with kids. And like I'm talking to who's I talking to the other day in here? We're talking about sleeping with our parents. <laughs> what? what? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Wallace? No. I, don't know, I was talking to someone the other day about sleeping with our parents, and I was like, I slept with my parents. Until I was like ten. What? Twelve? Yeah, I slept with my what? parents way longer than I should have. Fucking weird, man. Oh, very weird. Very oh my weird. God. And Leanne was like, that shit isn't gonna happen with our family. Oh yeah, it was Esther. It's little Esther. Ten to twelve at, at ten years old, like those aren't like your mom's boobs anymore. Those are titties at that no, point. They, like, well, listen, that's... listen, no. That... <laughs> come on, come hey, on. Listen, I didn't see old. it that way. I didn't see it that way. Bro. <laughs> listen, I was too old to be sleeping with my parents. I know that. Oh my I remember pitching my parents. I was like, I'm gonna put a bunk bed at the foot of your bed and I'll sleep on the top bunk so I can keep eyes on you and know if you leave or not. Wait, you didn't sleep with your parents? How, do you, so tell me about your childhood. Brother, sister? I uh, have four sisters. Three older stepsisters, one younger half-sister. Okay. Um, no dad. Uh, my dad died when I was like one. What? Um, You're the youngest? Yeah. I was his own, I was their only. Uh, I, so I have a younger half-sister. My mom married my stepdad when I was like five. They had a kid together. But he also had three of his own daughters who were older than me. So, I mean, I'm kind of in the middle, I suppose. I'm so confused. And it's a lot. So your dad had three daughters before he met your mom? My stepdad, yes. Before he met my mom, my stepdad. Oh, so you have three sisters that are not blood-related? Yes. And then a half-sister? Yes. Okay, okay, okay. So you got moved in. You're one. How'd your dad die? Suicide. I know. How do you do it? Gun. Okay. The best way to do it if you're going to do mouth it, probably. Mouth the head? I think mouth. I think. I'm pretty sure. And he was 20, I think. What? I know. It's weird to Holy think about. Holy shit. Because I'm 26 now. And we think about your dad, no matter what stage. You think of like a grown man. But it's like, I'm older than my dad ever was. It's crazy to think about. It's very what? weird. Why did he kill himself? He had, wait, he had three kids before he was 20? No, 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 no. That's, that, that's my, that's my real dad. Oh, yeah, yeah, yep, 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 yep. yeah. So do you know why he killed himself? Do you have any idea? I don't. My mom said it was just like probably depression and he was living with his dad at the time who was like a massive alcoholic. And I, I guess the story is my, my dad came home drunk to like their, they were like living in a hotel and I uh, came home drunk to his dad's hotel and was like talking about killing himself. And apparently his dad was like egging him on. Like, you won't do it. You won't do it. Is like the story. I suppose. I, I I don't know. Do you have pictures of your dad? I do. I do. Was uh, he good looking like you? No. No. I do I don't look like anybody in my family. It's 
Really? My dad was also like 5'9". My mom's like 5'4", and I'm 6'1". So God, you dodged that, that bullet. Not big it, time. Yeah. Also, but my mom also likes to talk about how I kind of look like a, a guy she dated in high school. So I'm like, is there like, should we do a fucking DNA test? My mom also said that my that my dad didn't believe I was his because they weren't together when when I was born. She that she he didn't believe I was his. So she made he made her take a like a paternity test or whatever. And I don't think I ever got a definitive answer of like how it came back. I don't think she ever really? was like, no, it was for sure him. Or she was like, oh, yeah, I think it was him or something like that. So it's kind of weird to think about. Like, maybe I have a dad out there somewhere. Now I feel like Joe Dirt. Would you rather have a dad or would you rather just go, I'm cool with where I'm at, what I'm, what happened to me? My dad's dad probably gets me more pussy. So <laughs> rather than like, oh, yeah, both my parents are alive. Ooh, so interesting. If you don't turn that into a merch shirt, <laughs> if you don't turn that, that is so fucking brilliant. Just a shirt that says my dad's dead. No. Ask me about it. <laughs> Pete Davidson's built a whole career. Uh, I don't think. Uh, oh, oh, that's that's going to be brutal. The comments oh, are about to fucking sound fucking, off. I feel beef on the way. Great. Oh, wait, did you, are you know Pete? Uh, Yeah, we're like cool. Yeah. And we're fine. Well, there's a group of you guys that are all younger and cool. Yeah, but we, none of us are like in the same like friend group. Really. Yeah. Like my closest friends in comedy are like. Eric Griffin is like my yeah. best friend. I was I slept on his couch when I first moved out to LA. It was like him, Ralphie, um, Dane, and I were super cool. And until my special, uh, some drama stuff happened. What? Um, Finesse Mitchell, um, people like that. Like yeah. those are like those are like the core people I like really hang out with. D. Ray Davis, just people I've known since I was like sixteen, before I even moved to LA. Yeah, that's in that's interesting. But yeah, it's nobody really my own age at all. Because there's a whole group of you guys that are all like very talented comics but are all really attractive <laughs> and are all fucking slaying it and i guess i guess that would that would be you know it's like uh it's like what's that fishing show where they all fish in the bearing straits i haven't seen it uh, what's yeah it yeah, sounds yeah, like some shit you would no, watch in a hotel no, room yeah oh well, come on it's the biggest show in deadly sketch you oh, guys are like oh. deadly sketch and so you guys are on fishing boats and uh -huh. you guys know each other but it's like hey if people are catching crab over here you're not gonna really like Hey man, you should come That's over and see if we can catch crab. The thing is, I am that way. I'm like more than happy, like wh whoever I can help out and hang out with at any time. Like, yeah. yeah, come on my show. I don't care if we're like the same brand or whatever. It doesn't matter yeah. to me at all. But yeah, people it's, are weird. It, no, it is weird, especially when you're young in comedy. Because yeah. when you're young in comedy, you're all looking for the same, the, the same lightning. Right. That lightning is heat, and that heat is generated by he's the hot new young thing. Mm. And and I think it wasn't until I started getting ugly. <laughs> that I got heat because I was like I was Dane I was Dane's I was Dane's casting I was Dane's oh yeah 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 but Dane and I've never had a problem ever mm -hmm. um but I was Bill's casting I was Bobby Kelly's Bobby Kelly used to be gorgeous I've seen photos I was Bobby Kelly's casting Jim Norton was probably in our same like we were all in the same casting and so and and it's like inadvertent competition it's inadvertent competition and I think I was oblivious to it because I was on my own path of like i like to party none of those guys like to party mm -hmm. i like to uh i liked being out and i didn't give a fuck about pussy yeah all those guys were, i think all those guys like but bill didn't really give a fuck about pussy bill only gave a fuck about comedy but bill was, i'm well, starting I mean, to get uh, that way really not to not to slight i want to be very clear I'm, I'm not saying that dane didn't give a fuck about comedy or that 
Bobby didn't give a fuck about comedy. I think they were just better looking than Bill. <laughs> <laughs> so all Bill couldn't care about was comedy. That's not hard to buy. No, Bill, Bill is, Bill's been, Bill's a fucking, he's an avatar. He's a different type of animal. But he also didn't like really blow up until he was what, 40? Well, he didn't find his voice until very late. When did, when did it happen for you? When, when were you like, okay, now I'm officially like a beast and my career is like now on the, the uphill? For sure. Like, you acknowledged it. Uh, It wasn't until the machine story went viral. And you were how old then? Late, late 30s, right? Oh, no, no. I was 44. Really? Yeah. 40, was, will you see when that... Just go to the Facebook thing, and it'll tell you when it was posted. So it you were in comedy, like, fucking 17, 18 years. Yeah, I did. I was... I'm really bad at this. I'm really bad at the number. So my Showtime special... See when my Showtime special came out. My Showtime special came out, and I think at that point, I was like, I really am starting to figure out my voice. Mm-hmm. Like, I was, what does it say on Facebook? What's the date? Um, 2016. Damn. Is it, is it say 2016? Yeah, and that's the date? Wow, that was that long December, ago? what, 28th? Yep. 2016. So that's, wow. what, what we're in 2022, so that's what, six years ago? Yeah. So six years ago, uh, I did that special in November. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did a little earlier. I did it April 1st in 2016. I remember the day because that's the same day that uh, the Rolling Stone article came out for me. That's uh, so In 1997, cool. it was 19 years from when that Rolling Stone <laughs> article came out. And um, and I remember at that special going, I'm, I'm – I remember thinking objectively, mm-hmm. I'm pretty good at comedy. Like I'm pretty good. Like I, I, I still had some weakness in my act, but I'm pretty good at comedy. And I had a really great joke about Isla shoving her finger up her ass, and putting <laughs> yeah. it in the dog's mouth. <laughs> yeah. And and uh, I remember Ian Bag going like, "That's that's you, man. That's you need to tell more of that." And I'd already done Rogan, and Rogan was a you know. Rogan was a huge, huge influence on me finding my voice, on me not being derivative. Really? Well, yeah, because, you know, Rogan's been always a, a very big advocate of not just of thievery, but of similarity and being ah. authentic. And it's not because he doesn't, I mean, I'm, I'm certain there's a little bit of policing around that he doesn't like watching people mm. take from other people. But there's also a part of Joe that is consistently, like, I mean, there was a period of time that if you had a conversation with Joe, the first thing he asked was, how are you writing these days? What are you doing writing these days? Like, do you, like he would, he's really curious about people's approach because he was trying to find, fine tune his approach. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that special, I, and, and so 2000, whenever I told the machine, the first story on Rogan, which I'm guessing is probably four years before that, uh-huh. I told it and Joe was like, you need to tell this on stage. So I spent four years learning how to tell the machine story on stage, bombing, bombing, <laughs> bombing. But you know it's there. I knew that it was a good story. And that that right there gave me the, the confidence to say, oh, this is a really deep question that you just asked me. Sorry. So no, no, no. So so um what's wrong with the one pitfall comics get into is an inability to create again. Mm-hmm. And it's because you get to a certain place, like a cruising altitude, and you're killing it. And there's a way to discover material within that cruising altitude that isn't really out of your comfort zone. Mm-hmm. And to go out and actually bomb 
again, really mm-hmm. bomb, and really take a chance on a story and, and let it fail, and then go up again and fail. That's super fucking uncomfortable. I don't have Absolutely. to say that to you. I know you don't know what I'm talking about, but you'll get to a place in your career where, where something like this this YouTube special, mm-hmm. right, where it pops and you go and you'll start getting fans and you'll start seeing people coming out. And you won't want to let them down, but you also want to be working on new material. Yeah. And so a lot of times what people do, and, and I'm, not, I'm not, I don't mean to, I'm not, I'm just saying this is what I see. You'll see them do crowd work a lot. Mm-hmm. You'll see them uh, improv in the room, but it's not really improv yeah. It's It's a cheat improv where mm-hmm. they pretend to ask you a question, but they already know the answer. Yeah. And, and they want you to feel like they're really dynamic. Well, well, when Rogan did that to me, he... Uh, rallied a group of people to force me to write, to force me to write that story, and in, and and so I was doing my bullshit uh, up in front, and then the end of my show, I would tell the machine story, uh-huh. and they're closing and it, with it, and it was and it was bombed every time. I mean, it just it was like I couldn't understand. There's certain things I couldn't understand why they weren't working. There's certain things where I felt like they were necessary. There were certain things that I. I could, and then I learned the ability to get comfortable in a chunk. Meaning, like, I, I don't know if this ever happens to you, but where you'll know a bit works, but it isn't until you get comfortable in your verbiage where you go, "Okay, we got this up and running." Now this plate split mm-hmm. spinning. I can work on the end of this story. Yeah. I need to really focus on the end of this story. Mm-hmm. Four years it took me to do that, and within that four years, I learned how to do that with other stories in smaller bite size, not thirteen minutes. But I remember the first one I learned out of that was um, this story about uh, meeting this woman at my daughter's school, uh, and her son's name was John Henry, and I named my dick John Henry. And and I learned, I learned the beginning, middle, and end of that. Mm-hmm. I learned how to do that in that story, and I went, and so all of a sudden, all that hard work I spent on one story, it's almost like doing fucking going into the gym and just doing deadlifts, good mornings, and fucking and squats. Yeah. That's all you do, right? Yeah. And that's that machine story. And then one day you go to do tries and you're like, oh, I guess technically I have been working on my tries a little bit. My grip strength's really good. Mm-hmm. Like, oh shit, my I, I'm actually jogging pretty fucking yeah. fit, fitly because it, it happened with within all my stories in that special, they all kind of got better because as I was eating a dick here, mm-hmm. I was learning how not to eat dicks inside it. Yep. And then when I came out with Secret Time, I was like, I was like, I was like prison yard in shape. Like I was like, I was like, not to use working out as an example, but it's, I think it's the easiest for guys, for men oh, to wrap their head around. It's a perfect analogy. Yeah. I was, I was work. That machine story was working out in the yard with a broomstick and cinder blocks mm-hmm. every day. Not, I can't do every exercise, but I was like, I'm just fucking eating a dick with this story. And I'm learning how to tell a story within telling one story yeah. for 12 minutes. The 12 minutes was the thing that sucked a dick. Mm-hmm. Cause I'd started sometimes and I'd hear people go, uh, and I'd be like, I'm only 30 seconds in. Like, I'm going to fucking. But but I, uh, when I came out of that, again, I went in to do Secret Time. And, and I wrote Secret Time so fucking quick. And then I was like, and then I got to fuck around with it. Mm-hmm. And then when Netflix came, I was like, I was like, oh, I can take all the shit I learned from Telling the Machine, all the stuff from before. I can skinny it up. And then, and then, I, and then I was so confident about stand-up. That I was like, and I, now I can also listen to, okay, Delia says they only watch 30 minutes of the special. All right. Well, let's move my closure to 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, I'll tell you what, let's front load this special. Let's front load it. 
because I, I know the other stuff's good also, mm. but the other stuff is is questionable. Like, you don't want to lose someone in 22 minutes. Yeah. And so it what, when I told Secret Time, I had my voice. I really had my voice. I knew how to tell a story. I knew how to end a story. I, I, I knew how to structure things. And I was like, sweet. Then I did Hey Big Boy, and I was like, great. And now I'm now right now I'm going like I'm a little lazy right now because I you know how can you not when you've like reached such a level of success and you've done all of the hard work the the grunt work is done. I wish I had my joke book right now. I woke up this morning, and this is why this is why you got to marry a bad bitch, right? I woke up this morning, and Leanne says to me, "How's uh escape room doing?" It's a joke I'm working mm-hmm. on. I said, it's good. It's she really knows good. about it. That's already cute. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Do you want to know something fucking crazy? Mm. I I uh, I wasn't happy with this hour. I was like, I was like, it's missing. It's got missing a lot. And I have and I have two hours worth of material. Mm. I go, it's missing stuff. And um I was on stage one night and I Georgia called, my oldest, and I said, Hey, do you remember? Because I'm messing with it but it was it was bombing mm-hmm. it was, to bomb in a theater is pretty silent <laughs> and i said do you remember when we went to that escape room and she goes yeah and i was telling it without remembering that my parents were there like you just your memory like I, it's so funny in telling it i just remembered me and the girls mm-hmm. and georgia was like no i invited papa and nana and, was, and then she goes it was my birthday she's on speakerphone and I'm talking to her on stage. People are dying laughing because I have completely misremembered this story. Mm-hmm. And she was like, it was my birthday, Dad. And I was like, well, why did you want Nana and Papa there? And she was like, are you being serious? And I was like, yeah. And she goes, because you and Papa melt down and it makes us laugh. And I went, oh, my oh. God. And that's like a huge part of the story now. Yeah. So this morning I fucking woke up. I laying in bed with Leanne, sitting in bed with Leanne. We were doing shit on our phones. and mm-hmm. But working, I held her hand. And she goes, hey, where's escape room at? And I was like, I was like, it's doing good. And she goes, why don't we go have a cup of coffee? Let's talk through it. And so I went through and was like talking through with her because she was there. And and I, there's and for me, a lot of times I just don't remember certain things. Or I remember the things I remember are like the the things that I know were funny. Yeah, yeah. The punches that really stood out to you in the moment. Yeah. And now I'm like, I was gonna call Jack Jr. tonight and see if I could go do a spot at the Ha Ha. Because I was like, you should. I was like, I'm fucking. I there's so much to this mm-hmm. that I didn't remember. And but you got to get it up and running, and once you get that, now you got this fine tuning. So, but I think I think it's always a journey. Enjoy smoking cannabis like never before with a ice cold freeze pipe. Freeze pipe makes a freezable line of pipes, bubblers, bongs, and more for the coldest and smoothest smoking experience. Picture this: it's after dinner. You've survived a long day of work, hitting the gym, time to fire up Netflix, and light a fat bowl. Only problem is. Your old bong sucks and leaves you with scratchy throat and coughing problems. Ditch that bong that you've had for years and upgrade to an ice-cold freeze pipe. Engineered to cool smoke by over 300 degrees, freeze pipe glass pieces will have you puffing bigger clouds with zero chest or throat burn. The secret is their freezable glycerin chamber that comes with on every piece. Simply pop one of these chambers in the freezer for an hour, and as smoke passes through it, it instantly is cooled by hundreds of degrees. Cough less. Relax more with your new favorite glass piece from Freeze Pipe. I just got home and I saw my Freeze Pipe sitting on the desk. I threw it in the freezer last night out by the fire, pulled it out. Just a little bit of Blue Dream. Holy cow. Glides down your throat. No burning, no coughing. It was fucking perfect. 
It's April, which means it's Cannabis Christmas, and Freeze Pipe is offering their biggest deal of the year. Going on until April 20th are insane deals on pipes, bongs, dabs, rigs, and accessories. Shop 420 sales now at thefreezepipe.com. And if you see something you want that's not on sale, use the promo code BERT for 10% off. That's thefreezepipe.com and use the code BERT for 10% off or shop killer 420 sales going on right now. I'm fighting an ape. He's got a baseball cap and a gold tooth. That's the dream I keep having because people won't shut up about NFTs and I'm over it. It takes up all the headlines that could be telling me about actual new things to invest in. Although through all the noise, I saw something that blew my mind. It was a startup that had just gotten valued at a billion dollars that enables people to invest in real art, actual paintings from the masters like Picasso, Basquiat, Banksy. It's a platform called Masterworks. They buy paintings and offer their members the ability to purchase shares of them. This is fucking genius. This is fucking genius. It's called Masterworks. That way, you can diversify your portfolio at a price point that works for you. We've reached out to Masterworks, and now our listeners get VIP access to skip their wait list. Just go to Masterworks. Dot io and use the promo code BERT. Again, that's masterworks.io and the promo code's BERT. See important regulation A disclosures at masterworks.io backslash CD. Where do you feel like your voice is at right now? I think, uh, first of all, it's so fascinating, all of the, the points you just made because I'm they're, they're finally hitting with me. This first hour special... The reason I wanted to do it is because I felt like my stand-up career was very stagnant. I wasn't getting any love from Netflix, not from Comedy Central. I was sitting on the couch with my boy one day sulking about how nobody wants to give me a chance and all this kind of stuff. And he was like, why don't you just fucking do it yourself? So we did. And it was initially it shot just a, beautifully. Thank you. Thank it's you very beautiful. much. It's beautiful. I, I, I saw to, the very beginning. I saw the very beginning. You must be friends with someone I'm really good friends with because I saw the very beginning. The tr- maybe the, did you the release, trailer. The, did you release a trailer? Yeah. I saw yeah. the trailer like fucking six months ago, four months ago. Yeah, that sounds about right. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I like this. I like this. Thank I like this. You, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means the world, seriously. Yeah. Well, it. I'll tell you what I liked about it is uh, it puts, and it's, it establishes the fact that you are here for stand-up. Mm-hmm. And that's what all any stand-up fan wants to know is that stand-up is your thing. Yeah. Any stand-up fan just wants to know, like Kyle Cease used to be a comedian, and I know you don't know who he is, but he he ended up doing a movie. He's a motivational speaker now. But the fact that he ended up like, or, or uh, Seth Seth Rogen was mm-hmm. a stand up when yeah. he was a child, and when you see a picture of that you go, oh shit, man! Oh, I, I look at you differently now. Yeah, like, I get why I you're do. such a good writer. Yeah, maybe uh, maybe they don't, mm-hmm. but like I do. And if you go to get on stage, I'm 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 cool with that. Absolutely. Yeah. So right, I'm I'm gonna try to get back to to your initial question about the voice thing about about the voice. Um, so you're sulking. So I'm I'm sulking. God, there was another point I just tried to make, but I, I was no, I was listening to what you were saying. Um, fuck, what was it? Um, yeah, I'll just, I'll just go back to it. The rest of the it trailer, goes. the you, it's, it proves uh, that you've been doing it a long time. That oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Um, so the other reason I wanted to do it is because I was doing two shows in New York the summer before COVID hit, and it was it was doing it at um, uh, Stand Up New York. They were like, here's free range of the club. I was like, well, let's do, let's do two shows on Mother's Day. Yeah. So first show, early show, they both sold out super quick. And I was like, oh, shit, I'm selling out clubs in New York. It's, yeah. you know, 150 seats, but whatever. Hey. 
So I was ecstatic to get there. And I was also getting ready. I knew I wanted to do an hour probably the next year. So um, I get there. I really want to work on this material. First show, 150 women. All female crowd. Really? They didn't want any material. They just were there because I was cute or whatever. They followed me yeah. on Instagram. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, surely the second show can't be that way. Second show, all gay men, one woman. It's fascinating. And I went, oh, shit, I don't have stand-up fans. Yeah. I make fans of whatever show I perform at, and that's great. But like, people aren't coming to see me because they know I do stand-up. They're coming to see me because they know I stand on stage and I look the way I fucking look, I guess. Yeah. So that really triggered me to be like, okay, I have to prove to people that I've been doing this for 11 fucking years and that I know I can do what I can do on stage. Yeah. So at this point, I'm like, I have all this material that I'm tired of telling. I know it kills. I just want to put it out there. So I'm in Chicago a month, two months before, uh, before shooting the special. I'm filming a movie out there. I maybe I'll have like six times to run my hour before shooting. I'm very nervous, piecing it all together. And I'm on stage there and I just decided to riff on this story about how uh, a girl I was hooking up with built a Ouija board when she came over to my house. And I was just telling it off the top of my head just how I would tell it to a friend. And it was just like crushing. And I, did, I didn't really have any bits that were storytelling or that yeah. I was like emotionally connected to or were so truthfully funny to me. And in doing that, I was like, again, I'm maybe six weeks out from shooting my special. I was like, I think this has to go in it. Mm -hmm. It's not done. It's not the best version it could be, but like, it's just, it's better than another 10 minutes that I could have in there. That's just like a whatever 10 minutes. So I keep it in there. I'm working on it. I tell it for the special. The special version of it is it's fine. But now having since done it, it's one of my favorite bits. And even though it's in the special, I'll still tell it because yeah. it's a much better version. Oh yeah. Now. Well, the, the thing that's great about what you did is you, it, you have to exercise those demons and get rid of the older material because yeah. if you don't, it's really hard to push yourself to write again, mm -hmm. and 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 it, you don't grow. Oh yeah, that's and that's why you see a lot of guys that uh, my age that never wrote new hours. Yeah, that, I mean, you saw, especially Ralphie always wrote because he always did specials, mm -hmm. but that was not the case, man. Bill and Louie were the ones that started this. Like, we're gonna write a new hour every year. Yeah, but before that, dudes did their same act for fucking like 10 a decade years. yeah i did my act for 10 years gave it to comedy central put it up and then i was like i'm embarrassed to this it's like yeah i wrote it fucking six seven years ago mm -hmm. and it's it's very green and then the next one you're like okay and then now i'm at a place where i'm doing it every 18 months yeah that's and that's exactly what i was getting to after when i when i told that story on stage and it, it kind of like just sparked something inside me and i was like oh this is a little bit more my style. I'm more free. I'm just being truthful. Yeah. And then since then, when I put out that special, and it's like you said, when you, ha when you put that out there, you shouldn't do it anymore. As much as possible, you shouldn't do it anymore. Yeah. I mean, look, Force there's going to be times when you need to. Of course. And, and now when I'm on the road, I'm doing my, my new hour or whatever. I, I'll use two bits of the same thing. Here's um, the thing. I want to I point this out. You got to remember this. Mm -hmm. Not everyone has seen everything you've done. Of course. And I, I, that's, I'm, I'm acutely aware of that. I had a long conversation in a bathroom smoking a joint with Chris Porter one time. And I was like... Sounds like where he'd smoke a blunt. Yeah, we were in Omaha. And uh, and that's the thing is Tosh told me one time, I, I remember we were at a, at a, the improv, and I was like, fuck, man, you murdered. And I was like, that was all new. I was like, it makes me want to write. 
And Tosh was like, get famous first, then write. He was like, don't worry about, about having new material right now. He's like, make sure people know who you are and then write. And I was like, really? And he was like, yeah. He's like, I see too many people just on that Bill and Louie, because Bill and Louie were doing that. And then there were people like going, I turn over material. I know who he was talking about. He was talking about a, a, an actual comic. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm turning over out a new hour every year. And you're like, yeah, but for nobody. Like, yeah. you're, you're like, why don't you just take the fucking great shit you have, keep, and then keep like whittling it, whittling it, but write, challenge yourselves to write, go to these shows and take every opportunity as like a place to grow, write, get better. And then, but I think Tasha's point was, but still murder enough where they're like, fuck, that guy's good. Well, here's my only argument to that. I, 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 com- I do agree with that. The yeah. only thing that would deter me from that being a 100% foolproof is now, unfortunately, and I fucking hate this, everyone's so thirsty for content. That was another reason. By the way, that was a different time that Daniel Tosh told me that. That's what, just that's so, what just I, so you know. Yeah, that's that, what now I'm that you saying. say that, that was at least, at least that was the other 15 thing. Like, years ago, 10, 10 years yeah. ago. I, now it's got to a point where I was like, I need to put out an hour special because other than like a terrible NBC show I did in Wild and Out, like no one knows my stand up on a, on a digital platform. The thing is, you get to, you can grow. As a comic, you can put out specials. You can develop to the place and put them out on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Is, is completely, I mean, it, it's. I, I, I'm looking at how many views people are getting. It's, I mean, look, my my shit went viral on YouTube and mm-hmm. sold tickets. That's what I, that's all I could hope for. I just all you want is something. to sell tickets. All you want is people to go. Oh, I like this. I want to go see it live. That's it. That's it. Oh yeah. And if and if Netflix gives you the opportunity. Clearly, they are the fucking benchmark in this mm-hmm. business of if Netflix greenlights you and stamps you, then people, you they give you a platform where people will find you. Yeah. Um, but there's people that I, there's people that I've seen on Netflix that I that I that have, I've seen not really pop. Yeah. And, that's true. May, and and some of them, maybe I maybe they should have been on YouTube. Maybe they would have been bigger on YouTube. You never know. I mean, I, I for whatever reason, the algorithm liked me. My first special mm. and I got enough traction where i could sell tickets and that's all you want that's all i want and i'm i'm thankful of the pressure it created because i did get complacent with that hour i was very comfortable killing and having a, a great set with these jokes i've been doing for four or five years but man when i the two weeks after after i was done editing with everything i went to dc where it's my favorite city to perform in yeah. went to a friend's room i was like yo can i just run new shit for like five straight nights at a room full oh. of 50 people and we did it i had to bust my ass i was bombing hard as shit because it was starting all over it was like starting an open mic yeah. but the new material came so fa- i'm already like 30 minutes into the new hour that i want to shoot next january and it was it's and this time it's so much more my voice it's well, not just jokes that i feel like i have to get out there yeah it's yeah, so it's, comfortable it's, it's the beauty of and, and you'll just keep growing as you grow your voice will grow and you'll develop and you'll change and and what's cool is that your audience will change with you they'll grow yeah. with you and they're gonna grow up and one day you'll be talking about do not resuscitate on stage and everyone's <laughs> going to go, oh, we just had to sign those. You know, like it's, it's, it's the beauty of, of, uh, of, of being a young comic, man. I'm jealous. I wish I could have started when you started and, and, and I wish, and I wish I had the opportunities you have. I mean, look, 10 million views is 10 million views. It doesn't matter what fucking platform it's on. Yeah. And, and, and it, it, I'm telling you, I think it's, I think it's just fucking badass to, to be able to do your own thing. What is so what so so? What was the NBC show? 
Uh, <laughs> it was called Bring the Funny. It was a nightmare. It was a comedy competition show. The judges were Jeff Foxworthy, who I love. Love Jeff Foxworthy. Chrissy Teigen and Keenan Thompson. But it wasn't just stand-up. I like Keenan Thompson. Love Keenan. I like Keenan Thompson. I like Chrissy as well. I like, I really like Chrissy Love Chrissy. And she loved me. It was fantastic. Oh, she, look, I like her too because she went through the ringer. Yes. I like, I, that's what I like about her. She mm -hmm. went through the ringer and she came out. I don't know. There's something about, there's something about unflawed celebrity that i don't trust mm -hmm. when you're a flawed you celebrity shit. yeah like i and that's what i dig about christy and i like that she i like that she's open and she shares about her miscarriage and getting her mm -hmm. breast removed and 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 john legends and let me tell you something real quick john legend will whoop my ass i sat next to him on a plane one time he's like six foot mm. but he's a thick six, six oh, foot yeah. he is like big forearm six foot big thigh six foot yeah dude. like size 13 he's a decent foot. dude he is a decent he has a large head six foot mm -hmm. like he is i remember sitting there and he was and he just he's he, he looks like a sunshine mm -hmm. like the way he just beams sunshine yep big fucking smile but do not get it mistaken i will not talk shit about that dude, woman we were leaving the universe a lot and the whole series i'm on this show like the publicity is literally like every commercial is Chrissy flirting with me, me me flirting with Chrissy. Like that's yeah. like the, the whole show really was. Who's on pull up bring the funny? Who else was on bring the funny? Uh, I think Rocky, I saw it. Rocky was on there. Yeah. Um, I think I saw it. Uh fuck, what was his name? Um, um totally blanking on his name. Uh Jesus was on there, I think. Jesus Trejo. I, th I think Jesus was on there for a moment. Um Orlando Labia. Labia? Labia? I know. Lab <laughs> I know Orlando. I know Orlando. I know Orlando. Uh, he was on Erica Rhodes was on there. We were leaving the the Universal lot after the first episode taping, and Chrissy's behind me, and she all, all I hear is, "Okay, Matt, have a good night." So without even looking behind me, I I'm like, "Girl, you better stop playing." And I turn around, John Legend is right here, and I'm like, <laughs> "I go, oh, so great to meet you. I'm such a big fan." Uh, yeah, Morgan J. Uh, so was it, was, on it, there. was it a challenge every week? Yeah, the first round was just everybody going up and doing their thing. But man, let me tell you, the second round was the worst. They put, it was a competition. Each comic would go do three minutes versus each other. And they paired me and Rocky up against each other because we were the only, we were the two youngest contestants on there. Yeah. They did he and I both so dirty on the introduction because they made the entire show about my face and how I looked Whoa. instead of comedy. This is how they give the introduction for our competition round. All right, your next two performers are the youngest two performers on the show. One of them is the most handsome guy in comedy, and the other one's name is Rocky Dale Davis. He and, and I Rocky's looked at each other. He's a good-looking guy. He's a handsome guy. He's a really good-looking. But guy. I was like, they they called him ugly and made me sound like I wasn't funny. Yeah. Both of us looked at each other backstage and were like, "Fuck!" Thankfully, I still won the round. Yeah, you did win. <laughs> kept going. Yeah, I'm watching up against Ali Sadiq. Ali Sadiq, yes, Ali, Ali was great. Well, that's uh, Mexicans that's, got on boots. Uh, what episode was that? Because I didn't go against him. Alik was a beast. He he beat me in the semifinal rounds to to, to go through, through to the final. But he's he's a beast. I expected nothing less. You he's know? the best. Yeah. Um, it was a cool show, but it wasn't just stand-ups. It was stand-ups versus variety acts and sketch groups, which is oh, like interesting. three very different things, you know? What? Um, yeah, that is fucking interesting. The show was great, though, because it was the first time it gave me, like, comedy fans. Like, my next couple months after the show aired, all my club dates were selling out. Really? I had, oh, dude, my 2020 was booked from, like, February through August. Solid clubs I'd always dreamed of getting into. Really? COVID hit. None gotta, of them got rescheduled, Gotta start dude. from scratch. Yep. Killed, that fucking sucks. I just signed Kills over. Kills all uh, the momentum. Oh, yeah. Wait, where just, did you sign? Just signed over with Levity. 
Oh. Right before. I just recently left. You did? Yeah. Where are you going? Uh, I'm with Zero Gravity now. Oh, no. They don't have a stand-up department, but stand-up is, I'm, it's, I do 90% of my work anyways. Yeah. And I'm with Innovative for stand-up as well, so they, they kind of pick up the slack. Yeah. So, I mean. What's, what's, what's the goal? What do you want out of this business? And it's, but like, by the way, I want to make sure that you know, it's okay to say movies. Like, because I think sometimes people, especially when we, you talk to comics, the only thing you're allowed to say is the Dave Chappelle ingredients of I want to be I want to do specials I want to tour I want to do that like it's like I, I when I started this business I was like I was like I, I mean if we're being very honest when I was 26 I was like I want to be famous uh-huh. I wanted to be famous because I've been famous in college mm-hmm. and it felt really good and right. it itched whatever the fucking thing that itch that that made me feel like shit mm-hmm. and 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 then I was like I started stand up and I was like oh I want to get in a sitcom and then I was like, and then I hosted a show and I was like, oh, I just want to make money. Like, I just, I want to make money. I want to pay the changed. bills. Yeah. And then, and it keeps changing. And then at one point I was like, I don't want to act. <laughs> I don't want to do hosting. Mm-hmm. I don't want to do anything but podcasts and stand up. And now I look back and I go, oh, I want to do it all. Like, I want to be in more movies. Like, it was fun as fuck doing a movie. Uh-huh. I love hosting. I love doing, I love doing st- podcasts. I mean, I'll never do, stop doing podcasts. That's and, so and But stand up for me is like, it's the thing that gets me it's the it's my outlet for my creativity is only really is is only really available my stand up comedy is that that's where i get to go uh here's here you know uh, what if there was this and there and of that. course like today i'm driving to fucking adr and i'm going like you have adr today I had me too morning. seven fucking burbank i had it in fucking hollywood at 10 Ugh. I'm so good at ADR. <laughs> I hate it. I am. I hate I, it so much. I would like to put this out there. I want. I would like to make a challenge. Anyone in this business, I'll go head to head with you on ADR. I guarantee I'll whoop your ass. You're that so, confident. I'm so fucking good. What about like Seth MacFarlane. Okay, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, anybody? Anybody? Not anybody? Not anybody? Not anybody. Not anybody. I right, let me rephrase that. I can only be Bert. <laughs> okay, I can't do. I can only be Bert. But like I got it, I've gotten ADR down to a place where I, I theoretically. So one time we were down, we had an hour left, and we had to get in an episode of mm-hmm. uh, Go Big Show, and I said uh, no rehearsals, like because they're like you're coming in next week. If we really need it, we'll pick it up again next week. I said no rehearsals, just start it, and I'll read with it, and let's just get it. And I did the whole fucking run just one take are you serious yeah yeah and no, i don't do the doot, doot, doot. you don't beep in i don't beep then i go play me and i'll just i'll pick it up right from where i am that's a skill dude. it's, it's a skill but it's also a guy with not very many variations of how he speaks <laughs> <laughs> if you, you know it's like, all one tone welcome back to the go big <laughs> show tonight we've got three amazing content like i've talked one way my entire fucking life you like hosting I enjoy it. Yeah, I, enjoy I hated it, it, dude. I hosted the reboot of TRL in New York. It was oh, a fucking nightmare. I dude. loved it. I love that. That kind of hosting is different, though. <sighs> that little that kind of hosting is kind of like working a new bit, like where you gotta really, yeah, because yeah, because you you gotta get your muscle right for it. So like, so like, I've done that hosting, and for me, what I've known is that you need to be very comfortable. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to be very comfortable in the now and you got to be comfortable in your material. You like, you need like, like 
especially with that. You're like, welcome back. Man, we got a great show today. We got this coming up and this coming up. I can't wait to have them up. But first, let's bring out this person. And then you got to be comfortable. And there's and it's just it's just a muscle, I think. It's really just a muscle that once you get used to, and I've and I've only been used to it because I've hosted so much shit. Right. But like like when we did Go Big Show first season, I talked to Conrad, the executive producer, showrunner. And he was like, hey, man, how do you, how comfortable are you? I would love for you to come in a day before everyone even gets there and just go through the material with me on stage. And I was like, fuck yes. Like, I love over-preparing for stuff. Of course. And because, especially like hosting shit. So that's why I like hosting. So when I go in, I'm so over-prepared that I, mm. that because I've been, I've done this shit where it's not, I'm not over-prepared. I've had people say, you're embarrassing me right now. Oh my God. Yeah. But also, do you feel like it's your voice to host things? Like, because you're such a likable person. Like, it's it's not out of your way to do it. My problem was when I was whenever I host something, it's never my voice, and that it's and it doesn't feel funny to me. And then I feel like I'm putting on a facade. And now I just feel like I'm commercial acting, basically. You, you only need it to be your voice four times in a show. That's it. That's it. You only need it to be your voice. Voice. Four times. Too much of your voice is distracting. Interesting. So like when I did Bert the Conqueror, that first episode I did, I was super heavy in like, this will be my voice. Uh-huh. And and it it was, but it was the annoying side of me. <laughs> and I mean I and and luckily they pulled out as much of my voice as possible. And and Dan, I've got to thank Dan Adler and Lonnie Newman. They made it so that all this shit that I was doing that was really uncomfortable in the moment because mm. I was trying to be funny, trying to be edgy. That wasn't the point of that show. And right. so what they do is they'd find my they'd find moments where I was genuine. And then that would be the thing in the show. And then I started learning how to trust in the genuine moments. And so mm. like if you're only all you have to do is be yourself like four times. And and if you don't force it, like if you just let it happen, mm -hmm. And it's the subtlest, that's when people fall in love with you. Like when it's the subtlest version, like, like uh I, I Go Big Show is a perfect example because I am doing a lot of ADR for it, but mm. like, but like I host the fuck out of the show. I mean, I just host it. It's, yeah. it's like, welcome back, da 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 da. And it's a lot of business. And they found this time where I'm off to the side with the people. I don't even realize I'm doing it because I'm just on camera the majority of the time. Yeah. But like the other day, they're they're this guy was um this guy was doing these this stacking chairs, the amazing sonic, mm -hmm. and he's like halfway up. And I and I just leaned to the person next to me. I said, Hey man, if he falls, you're definitely going to the next round. <laughs> and and my wife and my girls laughed. They're like, Dad. And I was like, What? And so I don't really need a show to be. I want to serve the show the best I can, right? Mm. So that's for me, that's the goal is to make sure that that show that I don't pull you out of all the shit you want to see in that show. Right. And then if I can shine, and I don't need to shine, shine, but if I can have four moments that I'm proud of in a show, for so for a half hour show, four moments, for an hour, let's say six. Okay. Six where you just go, you go, that, that's, that, that, that was funny. That was that was neat. So go big show for season one, I would just get involved in the acts. I'd be the whatever person they needed to do anything. Mm -hmm. And that's filled it for me. But like, that's the thing I think I, you get lost on is I watched, I watched a lot of comics when I was a travel channel. A lot of comics would send in submission reels to Travel Channel. They hit thumbed my way, and they'd be like, mm. "What do you think?" And it was a comic trying to do, um, trying to 
overpower you with his personality. I, I remember saying to Travel Channel, if you ever bring a comic, I can just I can help them kill the shows. Because I was like, just let other people talk, and it's like doing crowd work. Yeah, yeah, you have to let you have to let them set up so that you can have your moment. You just wait. You have to wait on the moment. You One can't word, force it. Right. One it's word. A very good way of looking at it's, it. It's crowd work. It's crowd work. Let them talk. Let them talk. Let them talk. They're going to edit it out perfectly. Right. Let them talk. And then just every now and then, just get that one zinger. My phone number got docked, so they just oh. FaceTime my fucking computer nonstop. Fuck. This podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp. People don't always realize that physical symptoms like headache, teeth grinding, and even digestive issues can be an indicator of stress. I am one of those people. I am grinding my teeth like crazy. I wake up and they're locked in. And it's almost like I got to push them in to get them, pull them out. It's fucking crazy. Doom scrolling, sleeping too little, sleeping too much, overeating, undereating. These are all things I do. Stress shows up in all kinds of way. In the world that tells you to do more, sleep less, and grind all the time, here's a reminder to take care of yourself. Do less and maybe try some therapy. I have been in therapy well, forever, whatever. Uh, and it, it really does help me. For me, I this is why I love BetterHelp is that I Zoom therapy for me, video therapy works great. But even better is on the phone where I don't have to see anyone. I can just talk on the phone and be on the treadmill. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you do not want to. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, give it a try and see if online therapy can help lower your stress. It it does for me. It does for me. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp and BurtCast listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Burt. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P.com slash Burt. Speaking of Travel Channel, yeah. uh, I was working on them, working on something with them through Levity that you were working on something in the same vein because they used the the name you were going to use. They were like, something like this would have been great for you. You were working on something called Scared Shirtless, a ghost hunting show. Yeah. I do that on the side. What? Ghost hunting stuff. Do you really? A friend of mine runs a YouTube channel called TFIL. It's millions of subscribers, millions of views on everything. Yeah. They go to all these famous haunted places, and he like brought me in to kind of be like the humor yeah. the channel or whatever. And uh, yeah, he pays us to go to all these amazing... We're going Wait, who to is he? His name is Elton Casti. Okay, I don't know. I, there's another guy. I know. Oh, wow. Good call. You pulled yeah, up? Yeah, we did the uh, the Overnight Channel is the one you want to go to. We did the Cecil Hotel after that documentary dropped on Netflix and everything. Yeah. Um, we just did the Queen Mary a couple weeks ago. We oh, went, wow. We went yeah. down to San Diego, to Whaley House, like all these amazing. We went two weeks in London. We went to like every haunted spot there. Oh, I, like I wasn't that. there for this one. I was working on a movie. But yeah, they did like Dracula's Castle and everything. It was, it's uh, amazing. It's so much fun. Oh, this was the Poltergeist house. That shit was terrifying. That's the legit Poltergeist house? Yeah, like the the one. You went there? Yeah. Wait, and you and uh, this is going to sound crazy. It's going to sound like like I don't believe in this shit, but you do believe in it, right? Absolutely. Okay, because I totally fucking believe in it. Dude, we've had some weird shit. I've never seen anything that I'm like, oh my God, this is so distinctly, obviously, without a doubt, a ghost. But dude, like the things we have had happen scary we were at the um on this same trip we went to this place in the uk called the ancient ram inn it's 1400 years old the roads around it are like halfway up the building because of as time the houses sank and roads have been paved on top of it oh. it's like supposedly the most haunted building in all of the united kingdom we went there 
nothing's kind of happening. And they say that that whatever spirits are there don't like to be agitated. So if you want to stir shit up, you should like call them names. We're going around the table and everyone's saying like really mean shit. And I'm like, I'm funny on the show because I'm actually fucking terrified. So it gets to me. I don't want to piss off a demon. So I say something silly. I'm like, oh yeah, like you dookie head, like something lighthearted or whatever. This ball that we have on the table starts rolling around like a controlled roll on the table craziest thing ever i want to go dude it's fucking amazing still do these yeah we just got back from a trip uh last thursday was uh our last our last we did like a whole week road trip we're doing another two week road trip in april we're going like the stanley hotel for the shining and stuff like that going to alcatraz stanley hotels i spent i stayed at stanley was it amazing yeah is it creepy i don't know so drunk They had a, they had a, they had those balls of rice cubes. Oh and god! I, and I was the first time I had had one of those. Oh, I just started fucked you up. Murdering Suddenly. whiskey. Started murdering whiskey. <laughs> this is fucking awesome. I get scared very, very easily. Same, dude. I it, get scared. Very anytime easily. it's like two of us, we usually break off into twos. It's not really scary, but man, it's like once every three places, you have to go by yourself just for the content. I had to go by myself for the USS Hornet up in Oakland. I think I can't remember how many hundreds of soldiers died on this boat and they blindfolded me walked me to the other end of the boat this boat is like five stories high and oh god close to a quarter mile in length it's so uh, that's maybe uh, maybe half uh, an eighth of a mile long five stories they go count to 60 with the blindfold come find us I'm walking around this ship forever fucking terrified man it's just you and a gopro camera going around this pitch black ship it was the scariest thing ever dude dude i love i mean i i'm i'm bad i can't even do spook houses oh really yeah you know like uh what's the one i know it's not but it sounds like a racial slur when you say i think i think that's what they're called yeah trap houses no <laughs> no but i think they're i think i when, when we were on travel this channel that's what we called them as spook houses i'm so surprised they let that slide wait what are they called it's because it's haunted not haunted houses. it's not haunted it's not haunted spook houses you mean like the set up fake they, haunted they, house around they halloween spook, like, like, they just call them haunted houses no 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 yeah. watch this watch this type in spook house by the way if we do if this does turn out to be racist i'm getting canceled <laughs> immediately <laughs> Because I have called them that. There we go. There we go. Spook house. Let's see what that says. A haunted, haunted house. house. Okay. Thank All right. Just want to make sure. Just want to make sure. What if? What but if? Also, read Urban Dictionary. The act of eating pussy and rubbing a woman's tits with both hands while she is standing. When performed correctly, she will look at you like a ghoulish figure. This is new information. <laughs> Click on that what? link. Click on that link. I want to see spook house. <laughs> the act of eating so you're just. No, is she supposed to look at you? Spook house last night in the bathroom at KFC. <laughs> oh my! I gave your mom a stellar spook house. Oh wow! Seems like more of an Arby's activity. I gave your mom a stellar spook house in the bathroom of a KFC. <laughs> Ooh. What wow. is the spook house? It's a book. A gothic short story. So so type in Spook uh, House, Ohio. Do you know do you so, know what you're talking about like the Tower of Terror? N- n- no. Oh no, no. I've been there. In, the one where you have to go all the way to the top and jump? No, I have not been there. Uh they have one in uh 
in um, Sandusky, Ohio, that was inside a roller skating mm-hmm. rink, and they set it up, and you had to go through the thing, and I, we shot it in the wrong format. Ohio's Land of Illusion. Land of Illusions. You've ever been there? I've never even heard of it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you get an opportunity, that scared the living it's fuck incredible. out of me. It was, it was like a fucking fifteen minute, twenty minute go run through f- fuck this place, and I was scared to death scared i was soaking wet sweating by the end i used this girl sammy as a human shield (laughs) it was it was this one this stuff doesn't bother me because there's two different types of scare there's like oh my god scream and run and then there's like brace up and fight me scared these just make me brace up and fight me scared the real haunted shit I'm such a bitch, dude. Oh, I'm like I'm that. I'm like so that too. I, I get, I start getting chill bumps, and I feel the entity around me, and oh. I'm like, we did it. We, you know, Zach Baggins yeah. is is was on is on Travel mm-hmm. Channel. Love his show. And we went to we went to uh, Alcatraz, and and I was like, Yo, man, oh, you've been there. Oh yeah, oh, I'm so excited. And he was like, What are you, are you going? Yeah, I'm going in uh, October. Are you going with that group? Mm-hmm. So Zach was like, Dude, go get lost, get lost, go off by yourself. And start talking to them. Mm-hmm. Start talking to them, uh, and then find a place where you can go and sit by yourself, and let it happen. And I was like, okay. And I ended up in the, I ended up in one of the solitary confinement oh, things by myself. I scared the shit. I was fucking terrified. Of course. Oh, uh, but I believe in that hardcore Big time yeah you have to dude there's just there's there's too much proof if you've if you've been around you've experienced you can just fucking feel it Yo, oh we have a, so we have a ghost in this house so your house is haunted yeah yeah so we buy the house and some weird shit's going on right we're well, doing construction too that's supposed to also like stir shit up oh, yeah and so we our dog we just bought got izzy and priscilla was older but izzy was still a puppy and our dog would act like a fucking lunatic at times. Like, just crazy. Like, almost like it was playing with nothing. Okay. You would go off into places in this house, and you'd get really scared. And so, like, just all of a sudden, you'd be like, I'm, 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 I don't feel good in here. Like, I still I still get it in this, in this room, in this room. This like room? It, this room and that room. There, there's another room in there that's Leanne's podcast studio. Like, at night, I'll get it. I think the guy who lived here... He died in this house, and so I think he. This was his office. This was where he did. Uh, this was his man cave, right? Like in 1970s, this was his man cave, and that was his office. And so I think, like, this is where he hung out all the time. So we go. We have this lady come and do like a, a reading of the house, like a seance she, type thing. Yeah, seance and fucking starts talking. She goes, "There's a little boy that lives here. His name's Max," and. And she's like, wait, Max is here right now. And all of a sudden, our dog Izzy starts running in circles around. And we're like, what? She was like, Max has a favorite rose bush. And we're like, there's one rose bush that we had taken out, put in a pot, and thrown in the back. And then she was like, okay, hold on. She's talking to Max. We're all doing it. She was like, all right, Max is not going to leave. He loves the dog. He loves playing with the dog. And he's a good guy. He's a good kid. He's young. So how old? Like ten? I don't remember. Leanne would have to tell you. Leanne, I'm. I was just like, get him out of the fucking house. Yeah, get him out of here. I was like, I don't need Max. She's like, no, Max is good to have here because he's gonna watch the house, so protect the house. It's a kid. 
Yeah, and well, he's a kid, but he's a fucking ghost. I guess that's true. So then she said to Max, there's rules where you can and can't go. You can't go into anyone's bedroom. You can't go into anyone's bathroom. And she was like, hold on. Uh, Okay. And she was like, Max wants to live in the basement. Are you cool with that? This woman did not know we had a basement. And I was like, and we're like. Also, yeah. most LA homes don't have a basement. Exactly. And so Max lives in our basement. And you go down there. We'll, we'll take, and we take kids down there and turn the lights out and scare the living fucking oh shit out of God, them. Oh my God, dude. But yeah, we, we have a ghost that lives here named Max. And we'll, and it's, it was crazy because I'd come here, like, you know, off tour, we'd I'd stay the bus during the COVID. I'd stay on the bus. I'd live here. Mm -hmm. And then when I was done quarantine, I'd go home. I'd go in the house drunk and I'd be like, well, Max, what's up? Just sit there and just feel the presence of a fucking. You know, I'm sure a lot of it's psychosomatic. Yeah. But some of it's not. No, dude. You you can fucking feel it. Does, does he mess with, like, lights or, like, move anything around? Uh, the girls would have to tell you. The girls know more, but the girls care more about it. They're, like, vested in Max. Interesting. Yeah, and Leanne, too. Leanne, the, the lady was, I don't know. I had the lady on my TV show. She fucking, Leah Remy and her got into a fucking... Really? Uh, oh, some Scientology shit? Uh, who knows? Oh, my God. Let's just, let's just say Leah's had it with fucking someone telling her about spirits. Yeah, no kidding. Leah's like, Leah's like, easy woman. I got, I've had the fucking, I know Tom Cruise. I'm good. <laughs> pull up Matt's tour dates. I'm, I have a call at five. What's, pull up Matt's tour dates. We've been on for two hours. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man. Dude, we got to, I got to get you here. I want to get you drunk. Oh, dude, I don't have, I don't here. have any tour dates up on there at all. Nothing. I'm, no, I, fuck, I really should have updated my calendar, actually. Well, fuck. Well, don't worry. Update your calendar now so people don't know to go to your tour dates. Do you know where you're going? Uh, I'm in Houston. When does this come out? Who fucking knows? Next month? Ah, fuck. Uh, I know. I, I'm coming to like, I'm going to Philadelphia, Portland. Helium's? Raleigh, I'm, hit, I'm hitting the Helium oh, uh, tour. Great fucking clubs. Um, fuck, where else am I going? Chicago, uh, New York, and DC all over the course of this spring and summer. So I'll be there. If they just follow me on Instagram, I always post flyers and all pull my up, stuff on there. Pull up Matt's special on uh, on uh, on YouTube too. Oh, thank you. Uh, oh, there we go. To the right, like the fourth video is the trailer. It's good to see y'all. Black people. The trailer wasn't color correct yet. This is when the trailer was <laughs> sitting in the back. How's Where it feel? Where did you shoot this? A small dance studio in North Hollywood. Really? Only yeah. Older women. Sometimes they got kids, which means they got snacks. Like I know I look like every fuck boy ever, but I do identify as an ugly person. So that's why I like the masks. I could walk into any Starbucks with my mask on. They would just think I'm any random lesbian. <laughs> like I have to random enter every lesbian. situation like, hey, guys, my name is Matt. Just want to introduce myself, let you know I do identify as a straight white male. And everybody's like, boo. You're like, ah, I know, I know, I'm trash. I, I hate all this material now. No, fucking awesome. Man. Thank you, man. I, it's, hey, listen, don't... Wait till you're 49. You're gonna really hate it when you're 49. <laughs> well, I, I hate it for a, spe a specific reason. Being all the stuff about me being young or my looks or whatever, I got I put out in this special because I hate talking about it. It's like I just want to be funny. I just want to do material. Yeah. So I made sure to like tackle everything that everyone's first opinion of me is, anyways. In this one, it's funny. 
Let's get it out of the way. Let's laugh about it. Now, for the rest of my career, hopefully I can just be me. Well, dude, I wish you continued success. And like I said, there's an open invite on this podcast. You're extremely easy to talk to. Thank you, man. And, and I'm, I'm really glad to have had you. And I'm telling you, especially if you ever want to get drunk on here bring a friend we'll just get fucking dude i would fucking talk. love to. we never talked about ti and godfrey oh fuck all right next time no let's do another one because this one i felt like was getting yeah. to know each other a lot yeah, more let's do a funny per- one next time all right perfect i would perfect. love dude i'm such a fan dude thank you so fucking no. much for reaching out to have me do this i, I cannot thank you enough of seriously course, dude. congrats again on the special thank you man and uh killed on the road thank you man This episode was brought to you by The Machine.